Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. I'm JR. Today we're uh, gathered together to uh, record our last episode with JR in person. Ever. Because he's never coming back. Never. He's moving far away and uh, we're going to attempt to record via Skype, maybe uh, Google Hangouts, some other weird shit. I don't know. And uh, see if that works, but for now, this is our last uh, in-person recording session. How's it feel? Feels great. Yeah? Yeah. He's very happy to be done with this. <laughs> no, I'm ready to get to Denver and be able to see movies and theaters. You're a piece of shit. Right uh, <laughs> is my microphone backwards? Uh, I don't know. It might be. You sound a little, like, low-ranging. Has it, oh, oh, that's, that's, oh, that's, that's much better. Yes, yes. Incredible. Right. Gonna, Incredible. You guys talk about yourself. Okay. Uh, so we're also going to talk about... You should be able to just spin <laughs> around in, inside the thing. This might be more interesting than me talking. I know. You're like, here, here, here. There you go. Science. That's better. Yes. Um, we're also going to talk about JR's pick, which is uh, Clouseau's 1943 film. Ooh. Le Corbeau or The Raven, Raven. Uh, which I don't know I, I don't know about you Kevin but I seriously thought this was a Edgar Allan Poe adaptation at first when that title came up and it said The Raven so subtitles disappointed or not not disappointed we'll wait for the deep dive okay. to find out uh, it's funny this is the second The Raven that I've seen and oh, neither and neither one of them is a literal adaptation right because the other one was the... the John uh, Cusack uh, actioner? Oh, oh yeah, no? I did see that one. Oh, was that that? <laughs> so you've seen three Raven movies. Three Raven movies. What's the other one? Uh, the one with uh, Karloff and Vincent Price oh, and wow. uh, and one. Jack Nicholson. And it's more of a comedy. Oh, that's the... Um, isn't that a Corman film or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that one in like uh, bargain bins and Goodwills. Yeah, like, yeah. Six movie collections and Nicholson's on the front, even though he's probably barely in the movie at all. <laughs> I think he's got like twenty minutes of screen time. Yeah. So he's like Vincent Price's son, I think. We're going to talk about uh, Le Corbeau, as well as other things we watched, and some trailers, and Jr.'s top ten of 2018. Oh yeah. So stay oh, yeah. tuned, sit tight, get ready, buckle in. Let's talk about some trailers. Uh, mm. So the new, um, who's the guy who directed Triple Frontier? <laughs> the fuck is this guy's name? Justin something? No, it's like AJ oh, Poundstone right. or something. It's like initials. Chancer? J.C. Chan- Ch- Chandor. J.C. Chandor. <laughs> uh, that was rough. His new film, Triple Frontier, starring uh, Ben Affleck and uh, who is it? who else? The Garrett and Hedlund o- is in it? Or yeah, something? and yeah. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. A lot of, uh, a lot of names in this one. Mm. Spec Ops, uh, Narcos-E situation going on where these uh, guys try to rob the cartel. Now, let me just say, Breaking Bad is uh, wholly responsible for this film. Am I right? Like, think about think about how many movies and TV shows follow the formula of people who aren't criminals becoming criminals in order to make money to save them from some kind of financial situation or a medical situation. Like I literally, I just watched the mule. It's the exact same thing. Like all of these movies and TV shows are following in the footsteps of breaking bad. I can't think of many things that did that prior to, I mean, a lot of movies are about people becoming criminals, I guess, but like weeds, a weeds. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That too. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
And I think like that might have been some of the original things of like some Batman villains. Like, oh yeah, like that's the thing about Breaking Bad. It's like the blueprint of how to make a supervillain. Right. You take a guy who's like pretty smart. He gets into like really bad circumstances. Start doing starts doing some bad things. Yeah. And then he finds that he's really good at it, and he's kind of enjoying it. And then like some darker things come up out of his past, and you learn more about who he is as a person. And before you know it, he's fucking Lex Luthor. Yeah. So Breaking Bad just flipped the uh, perspective. Yeah, right. It's all about it's all about the supervillain. This is also a very common real life thing. I think now it's now it's just being popularized by uh, Breaking Bad. True. Is I mean, it? You science, don't know science, many drug dealers. Science teachers becoming drug yeah, dealers. I think that's very common. I don't understand. This is this a know. joke? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Little little weak on the delivery there, Jr. Uh, let's move on. So uh, that's I'm why you're that's I'm why rusty. you're moving to Denver. <laughs> yeah, you had to get out of Dodge. Yeah, uh, it only took you four months to actually move away. What do you guys think of uh, Triple Frontier though? Based on the trailer, I mean, does this look like something we're interested? in? Is this a Netflix movie? Too? Yes, yeah, yes, it is. That that's probably my principal interest in it is the fact that I can watch it day one on Netflix. <laughs> I would say so. At the same time, like I don't know, hold the dark. I was uh, excited brutal. about that. Well, I mean, regardless of whether it's good or not, I just like the idea that I don't have to go to the theater yeah, to see that's it. that's true. Like, I, I have such a hard time going to the theater. We did a double bill the other day because I wanted to see The Favorite so bad, so we went and saw The Meal and The Favorite mm. at two different theaters in one day. Just had, because, like, that's all the time we have, you know? And uh, it was fantastic. But, like, other than that, I can't, you know... I thought y'all stuck around at the same theater because there was problems with the mule. No, there. That, well, I'll get into that when I talk about okay. the mule. But it was a it was a, a complete clusterfuck. But um, yeah, the uh, the Peter Jackson documentary they shot Acro Old was here for was it two days on the seventeenth and on the twenty seventh. Oh, really? It had two showings on each day. Did you see it? No, I, I could. <laughs> I couldn't get there. It's like I uh, downloaded like it just one damn day on my. Right. It's on my hard drive right now. Actually, I mean, meaning to watch it. I really want to see it. But, um, you know, I think Triple Frontier looks like a lot of fun. Mm. Looks good. Looks uh, yes. like it. I mean, like it looks good aesthetically. Like it uh, is pleasing to the eye. I think the cinematography looks good. It's a little dark. But uh, hoping there's a lot of really amazing just blood work. Some Sicario style, you know, just executions. Really into that shit. <laughs> I got Sicario Day of the Soldado on mm. Black Friday for $3. Right. It was amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Are you in? To this movie? Yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I yeah. hope it's not like Day of Soldado. Oh, I hope it's even better than that. Well, As I also good hope it's and better. better. <laughs> <laughs> Day of Soldado rules. Um, anyway, okay, the next trailer that we need to talk about, the only other trailer, I think, is us, Jordan Peele's uh, second foray into horror movies featuring mm-hmm. African-American people, um, which I mean, not to, you know, point that out, but I feel like that's that's what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, that's like think, his thing, right? I think that's definitely part of the point that he's trying trying to make. Is there like, a point in this one, though? I, I don't I don't immediately understand if they're like the metaphor of this one. Well, I get the Get Out one. I got that one from the trailer, but I don't understand this one. This one just seems like a straight-up slasher film. It definitely looks way more slashery. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of twist, some kind of deeper meaning that thankfully is not given away in the trailer, which, you know, like every other trailer does, you know. 
they give Absolutely. they give away the whole thing. I was surprised that the trailer revealed that the uh, the, the the family like breaking in was like the mirror version mm. of the family in there. Well, the movie's called Us. I know. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> Be right. kind of confusing if they're like Us, and you're like, what? Why is it called Us? <laughs> There's already a movie called Them. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I I'm a little. I, I'll tell you. Um, I'm not thrilled about it. I like Lapita Nyong'o a lot. I'm excited to see her in it. But other than that, like, I'm really burnt out on like the scary little kids, creepy children thing that they're doing again with this. Like, I it's yeah. just not. It's not interesting. It's not scary. I don't know. I love the uh, when they look out the window and one of them's like climbing up a tree really quickly. That that looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, I was into that. I'm hoping it's like you know. Like, the trailer definitely seems like your typical slasher trailer. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that's just, you know, a marketing Sure. Gimmick. There are some interesting images, like the, the rabbits in the hallway and all that stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Clearly it's going to get weirder than uh, the trailer is. Definitely. Leading you to believe. And uh, I like um, whatever the girl's name is from Mad Men, Elizabeth. Something or other. Moss. Moss. Yeah. Moss. Right. And uh, Tim Heidecker is in it. So. Oh, right, yeah. Really excited and love yeah. Tim Heidecker. Maybe time to rewatch this comedy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's us, the movie. Right. Anything Good else? Stuff. Other trailers that you guys saw that I'm not thinking of? Uh, no. I don't think there was really too much of note. All right. I didn't go to the movies over Christmas. I'm sure there were new trailers in not the theater, really. but no, 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 no. Well, I didn't see like Bumblebee or whatever. I'm sure there's new shit on that. Yeah, but... I mean. I, I saw two movies the day after Christmas, and there was nothing <laughs> nothing interesting about for this, them. Uh, this Brightburn movie. I looks, didn't even look at the trailer it, for it that. It looks like pure shit. <laughs> and, like, like, it actually says in the trailer, produced by, quote-unquote, visionary director of Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, guys, <laughs> I enjoy Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a fine little movie, but, like, visionary? Visionary. Y'all... Yeah. Y'all are visionary, definitely reaching. For visionary that. is a word that they throw around pretty liberally now. I mean, like, um, yeah, they, yeah. I think they called um, who's the, Ava DuVernay? They called her visionary whenever they released a trailer to Wrinkle in Time, and it's like she's directed one other movie, and it's Selma. Like, how visionary <laughs> Selma was! I don't right. know. It's just like such a. It feels like they they had to use the word visionary because Wrinkle in Time looked like it was going to be, you know, a visual uh, spectacle. Yeah, but and it was. A spectacle of poop. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Maplethorpe with uh. Oh, I know that that Smith that does look good. Yeah. I'm interested in that. Yeah, yeah, definitely looks interesting. With the doctor, hmm? Matt Smith, the yes, doctor. Yes, didn't you read, eleven? Didn't you read the book? Um, just kids. Didn't you read the book? Just kids. Somebody read that book that I know. I don't okay. know what that is. Neither one of you. The no. Patty Smith book about her and Maplethorpe hanging out in the definitely 70s. not. No, no. Who I'm, do I know that read? Somebody I know read that, and they were telling me about it. I don't know. Like, it's I, not really interesting. Someone that gives a fuck about music. <laughs> someone who gives a fuck about Patty Smith, which certainly is not me. Ouch! Ooh. Good God! Ooh, that's mean. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> moving on then, I guess to uh, what we want. Oh, I, I wanted to mention though that briefly, uh, the Netflix situation with uh, this Bird Box film. Did you hear they released the numbers on this thing? It was like 50 million downloads or 50 million streams or whatever. I It was like extremely successful for them. My See, wife texted me last night that. and asked if I'd watched that yet. Yeah. 
Like, my wife does not know about movies. Right. So so even she knows it's that big. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like a lot of people have been asking me if I've seen this movie and like I saw the trailer for, you know, like you yeah. hold on the thing, you see sure. the trailer and it's like, I thought it looked fucking shit. I'll tell you. And it's a par- I was like, I'm not going to watch. This looks like the stupidest thing. It looks like fucking The Happening only... With that's blindfolded. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it's similar to the happening. I also it seemed it seemed really similar to a uh, quiet place to me, except with, with vision yeah, instead right. of hearing, right? But apparently they don't show the monsters in it, which I thought that's a plus. You know, I, I'm still not going to watch it, <laughs> no. but I mean, I would watch it before I'd watch a quiet place. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like someone took a line like there's a Peter Gabriel song, Moribund the Mur- Burgermeister. Like, what can I do to stop this plague that spreads by sight alone? It's like someone's like, <gasps> genius, genius. Like, <laughs> we'll make it into a monster movie. Yeah. Sandy Bullock's not doing anything. Let's get her in it. You know? I would like to know yeah. how many people out of those 50 million turned it off after 15 minutes. I don't know how it works. I don't know how their streaming numbers like calculate, you know, yeah, if like if they're counting whole views or partial right. views or because, yeah, I can't imagine everybody finished it necessarily. But yeah, Netflix pushes their own shit so hard mm. that. I think a lot of people are just like, oh, it's new. Mm-hmm. It's got Sandra Bullock blindfolded. Ooh, right. what could this be? And Sarah yeah. Paulson. And click it, and then oh. they're like, uh, Malkovich, is this, this the right choice? This? I didn't watch the trailer for it even. I think he is. I could be wrong. I have no Or it could idea. be just some other random bald dude. Sure, you sure? They're a dime a dozen. Yeah. This is from uh, visionary director <laughs> Suzanne Beer. Beer? Yeah. Was, uh, Who did she, what did she do again? After the wedding... Uh, <laughs> a, a couple like Academy Award foreign language nominated movies. Oh, oh really? at least one that won. Yeah, oh. they got some uh, Mads Mikkelsen going okay. on in her films. That she's Danish. Great. Oh, okay, that sounds terrific. She's made only very serious Danish dramas. She's never made a genre picture then. That, not to my knowledge, but I'm I'm not the Suzanne Beer Encyclopedia. Sure, I, I have one in front of me, but mm, I'm not right. <laughs> Well, also speaking of Netflix, just read this morning that um, Sony tried to sell Holmes and Watson, the Will Ferrell, John C. Riley vehicle, to them, and they said no. <laughs> and wow! Now it's tanked. It made like six million dollars in six days or something. Ooh! Ooh. It's got a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody says it's terrible. More people would have turned on a shitty Will Ferrell movie on Netflix, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. They but, probably could have made their money back. If, well, if. Well, it I'm cost forty six million to make. Apparently, Jesus Christ. I was wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, who knows how much? I don't know how they gauge like where they're because I've heard that uh, Netflix is like severely in debt. Like they just keep borrowing more money to make more original programming. That's that's not uncommon. And mm-hmm. it doesn't business, seem though. like it, but I was just like, I don't know how they measure how much money they're actually making if they're just right. really just recouping expenses to pay back debt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think they could definitely, like, just not produce anything new for a little while and probably recoup some of that instead of just, like, oh, we got to keep making more stuff, making more stuff. Because, like, they're trying, well, you know, they're preparing for Disney to leave. Disney's taking all their shit off of there. Oh, that's right. And and when Disney Plus comes out next year. Right. So then they're going to be fucked because they're going to lose all their Marvel stuff, all the Disney stuff. Right. Even like uh, Princess Diaries and shit like that. I mean, like everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hulu, they're going to lose some stuff too. Yeah. It's it's not like a 
it won't be like an end of the world fucking for Netflix. No, it will hurt them. I think they have enough very popular original programming to do. Yeah, fine, especially yeah. with um, especially like, with this new Kevin Spacey video. You know, they'll probably bring him back for House of Cards next. Season. Did you guys see the video that he released? No, no, you hear about this? I heard something about like wasn't are, there? Are some we kind forgiving of, him? No, we're not. No. <laughs> he wants us to though. Bad. Wasn't there some new thing about like like some kind of like indecent assault? He got, or yeah, something? he got he got indicted on uh, Christmas Eve oh. for um, assault of a of a I think he was nineteen years old at the time. Some guy okay in a bar he unzipped him and tried to fondle his penis, and uh, the guy wasn't into it, and so <laughs> he's uh, you know filed criminal complaint against him. Right when that happened, he released a video of him in character as Frank Underwood. From House of Cards. In character? Yeah. This really long monologue about how he's been impeached without a trial and all this kind of stuff. And he, they, I know you want me back. All this kind of stuff like that. And then he puts on the, like, I don't know. I've seen two episodes of the show, but he puts on a ring that's apparently like a thing in the show at the very end of the video. And then he like walks off screen and it's like, (laughs) it's, it, everybody's reading it as pretty pathetic, I think. I wonder how like the creators sure. of the show and Netflix have reacted to that. Like, I'm sure they could. I give imagine. A fuck. He, I don't know. Like, they might have tried to like you know um, throw a couple more lawsuits his way. Oh, well, maybe like they own the character. He doesn't ever <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't ever say I'm Frank Underwood. Okay, though, okay. You know, okay. he doesn't use any of the names or anything. Oh, right, right, right. Because he's speaking in double entendre. Like everything refers to him as Kevin Spacey as well. He's just speaking with a country accent. <laughs> It's pretty brutal, though. I, I encourage you to watch it if you can stand, you know, just this smarmy, um, extremely embarrassing nature of it. Isn't that show over now? Yeah, I think I the think. last season just aired. Right. just came on on Netflix earlier this year, yeah. a couple of months ago. Didn't Robin Wright become the president or something? Yeah, they kill him off screen. Oh, he says that in the video, too. He's like, come to think of it, you never actually saw me die, did you? Like, as if, they, as if by, like, pointing that Ooh. out. I think he's thinking, like, the fans are going to come through and be like, it's true. We never saw him die. Let's petition Netflix to put him back on the show. <laughs> it's like never. It's not going to happen, bud. Your career's over. Yeah, never, I think there might be some small contingent who, like, you know, will get together. Mm-hmm. You know, like some kind of you know change dot org thing. Right. But <laughs> I don't. Not going think... to accomplish anything. No. But um, yeah. So that's that's all I got, though. Sorry to derail into the Netflix uh, horseshit, but um, yeah. Let's talk about what we watched. Cool. Who's uh, who watched something? Okay, I'll start with uh, "Support the Girls," which is a uh, little indie movie released earlier this year by uh, Magnolia. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't heard, I haven't seen a lot from them in the past few years, but still kicking. Uh, this is directed by former mumblecore guy Andrew Bujowski. No, okay. I'm just waiting. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, he made a uh, chess. Like chess player, chess computer. Oh, the one with about like the mockumentary yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I've heard about that. Oh. And then he computer did computer chess. Computer chess. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, but this is about a day in the life at a Hooter style restaurant, like following just the uh, the general manager and the servers and some of the customers over the course of one day, and it's really funny. Regina Hall is the uh, the general manager, and she's awesome. A couple of the servers are really good. What's it called uh, again? Support the girls. Oh, I heard about this. I think I saw the trailer for this. And uh, you know, there's not a lot going on. It's pretty low key drama. 
you know, and uh, there's a, a few wacky hijinks at the restaurant, and it's just uh, a very pleasant watch. There's like nothing. There's like nothing wrong with what's on screen until uh, the end, like the last five minutes gets, a, or the five minutes in the third act get a little just ridiculous. Like, mm. come on, why are we doing this at this little restaurant? Uh, other than that, it's it's great. It's Let me ask half. you this: uh, Do the girls find themselves supported? Yes, the title comes from a car wash they put on, okay. and the car washes it to support them. the girls. Nice, and that supports them. That's good. It's very positive. Otherwise, uh, there's like there's no like uh, happy endings. There's no closure or anything like that. There's no big emotional kind of deal at the end. It's which is a good thing. Right, you love that. You hate emotional uh, big endings. I would hate it at the end of like a one day at this restaurant. Sure. Like all, mm. every employee finds closure give, or something. What do you give a fuck about these people? Right? That's right. No, yeah. I don't. I hear Except you. I do. I hear you. I do. Okay. I spent 90 minutes with them. That's great. 90 <laughs> minutes. Right. Well, you spent a whole day. Yeah. Right. Just chopped up in the 90 minutes. Right. That sounds really great, JR. Um, I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk next if you don't mind, Kevin. Sure. So I uh, went to the movie tavern uh, at Like You Do, you know, yeah. <laughs> to see The Mule, Clint Eastwood's uh, latest directorial effort. And I'm imagining final performance because he is fucking old. Mm. He looks old. Um, and uh, it was all right. Now, the experience of watching it. This is what I'm here was for. A little, <laughs> was a little complicated. <laughs> Some shit happened that's never happened to me before at a movie, including the movie starts, okay? Uh, there's some beautiful shots of flowers at the beginning because he's a horticulturist or florist. I don't know, whatever. He grows flowers anyways. And um, cut to him walking out of the greenhouse. Freeze. The image freezes, right? Like you're watching a scratch DVD at home. And I'm just like, how does that happen? Right. Like this is a, it's a file like being run by a computer upstairs. Right. Like, I don't understand how this freezes. Like you think they, that wouldn't be able to happen. Freezes. Minute later goes black. Uh, no sound. Nobody knows what's going on. There's only like four people in the theater. We're waiting for our food. <laughs> Cause you know, <laughs> order a grilled cheese and some soup. It's really mm-hmm. delicious. Um, I will just side, side note, best grilled cheese in town at oh. the Jubin. Uh, movie tavern. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Name a better one. No, no. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of one. Actually, I was like, after I ate it, I was like, is there a better grilled cheese in town? I don't think so. Chelsea's is closed. Chelsea's it's used done. to have it. Yeah. yeah it's done now. Anyways, it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. And the soup was delicious and the fries were amazing. They're like these the double fried, like they crispy on the outside fries, you know? Mm. Oh man. Good. Anyway, I finally, I'm like, okay. So I go downstairs. I tell the p- person, I'm like, what's going on? The movie stopped. It's black. We're on a time crunch here, you know, because this movie we've got, we're going to have an hour after this movie ends to get across town. It's not really across town. It's like five minutes away. We're going from Jubin to O'Neill. Uh-huh. But I like to get there early. I'm, yeah, I yeah. worry, you know, even though the seats are already reserved and everything, <laughs> I'm still freaked out. So I'm just like, this isn't going to work. Go downstairs, tell them they're like, we're working on, we're working on it. It's like. 20 minutes later, somebody walks in, manager, gives us all free passes, and they're like, if you want to go, go. If you want to stay, 
Oh, and we're going to comp your popcorn and drinks. If you want to stay, movie should be up in a few minutes. Okay, we'll stay. We figure if it starts by this time, we'll still have enough time. So we, we stay. Movie starts again. Beautiful. Okay. Conti- go, goes on. Uh, starts in the very beginning again with the flowers. Great. Okay. I'm like holding my, you know, crossing my fingers. Hopefully it doesn't freeze again. Doesn't freeze again. Makes it past it. Continues on. Now we're about um, maybe six minutes from the ending of the movie. <laughs> and it's before the resolution of the film. So. Oh, no. Yeah. So. All of a sudden, boom, freeze again. In the middle of like this, it's supposed to be the heart-wrenching scene, <gasps> a deathbed scene. Oh, no. Freeze, black screen, and then the lights come up. And the uh, before show thing on the screen happens. Like, welcome to right, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. And we, we like to eat here. And Okay. So... Obviously, they have that set to a timer. Right. And they didn't reset it when they restarted the movie. Right. So I got to go back downstairs. Go back down there. I tell this little 16-year-old kid who's like, he's just chilling with his phone inside a little, uh, there's like a little closet there where they like get their shit together. And uh, and I'm like, dude, the screen just went black. It's playing the pre-show thing again. Oh, really? It's like, yeah, really. Tell somebody. Well, I'll tell them right now. <laughs> he tells him. They come back up. Our waitress comes up and says, look, this has been a nightmare. We're really sorry about this. They're fixing the movie right now. I'm going to comp all your food. Awesome. If you want anything else, you want dessert? I was like, I will have a milkshake. (laughs) They bring me this, uh, again, one of the best milkshakes I've ever had. (laughs) This is incredible. Totally comped. And we're like, this is great. So as long as the movie starts again in the next 10 minutes or so, we should be fine. Starts back up. Plays the ending. Uh... It was okay. Give it a three and a half. Uh, <laughs> but then the waitress comes back and says, look, I'm really sorry. I'm not able to comp any of your food, but I will comp the milkshake because <laughs> I said I was going to. I was like, what a bunch of horse shit. So we still had to pay for the food. But my wife paid for it, so. <laughs> <laughs> then we left and uh, hightailed it to uh, the O'Neill to see the favorite. And there's a whole other set of shit that goes on at the favorite. So uh, oh, I'll get to that. But the mule was perfectly fine. It was certainly better than anything I've seen from Eastwood since like the changeling, I would say, mm. which I enjoyed moderately. Um, it's much better than Gran Torino. If in my opinion, nice, good. Uh, he's, God. he's, a, he's doing a very, uh, you've never seen, I've never seen him play this. Like, I don't know, kind of like, uh, harmless and aloof before like he's not a tough guy in this at all right like he's just really soft-spoken like well i guess i'll take it to the you know drive to the border i don't know you know (laughs) and it's a and he's just a very like gentle kind of guy which was really interesting to see uh it wasn't amazing but it was it was fairly well directed it looked really good bradley cooper was all the supporting cast were really good bradley cooper was great lawrence fishman's in it he was great Mm. uh Clifton Collins Jr. and Andy Garcia show up as members of the cartel. They both ruled in it. <laughs> there were some like no name Mexican guys who were pretty good. And uh, yeah, it's overall it was a success. I mean, you know, it's not like a masterpiece. I doubt it'll get nominated for anything, but mm. you never know. They do love to suck his dick, so he's uh, he's on his way out. It it's might a, be their last chance. It's an old dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's better than you know. Sniper and uh, 
Paris. And, uh, <laughs> I thought you were about to talk about the quality of his dick. Oh, no. I'm sure his dick is better than, like, Kirk Douglas's dick, because that's a lot older even. Yeah. yeah. 13 years older. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I was. that reminds me, actually. I was just, uh, my, my mom's boyfriend had a, a very small heart attack yesterday. So we went to the hospital to see him. He's totally fine now, but went to the hospital to see him. And he's got this buddy who comes in who's 81 years old. And this guy's talking about his dad was in World War One. Isn't that wild? <laughs> wow. Like, is that pretty insane or what? That's very insane. Anyway, not not relevant at all, but I mean, just kind of, <laughs> kind of interesting. You know, old people, you know? Yeah. Totally. Time's crazy. It's funny. Like, I remember when, I guess it was the last time, I watched uh, Unforgiven. Oh, yeah. And like... So, like, all through the movie, Clint Eastwood is talking like Clint Eastwood in every movie. That's a little more Christian Bale, but go with it. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But then, like, the behind the scenes, like, there's an interview with him and Morgan Freeman. Like, oh, you know, this is uh, really good, you know. Sure. My buddy Morgan Freeman, we made a movie. He's playing a character. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's like, it sounds like in the movie, it sounds like he's doing more of himself. Maybe I mean he, I would say he's he's probably gentler on the mule than he even is in real life. I mean he's really pathetic in the mule. Oh okay, <laughs> like not pathetic. He's just he's like this old guy who's like a total loser and his family uh, hates him and he he pays for hookers a lot, which is really weird. He like gets hookers huh. and he like he bangs a lot of chicks in the movie. It's really strange, like hmm. young chicks. And there are scenes with him like dancing with chicks and he's like grabbing their asses and stuff. He's like, just having a ball, isn't he? <laughs> This doesn't like go you with said, he's on his pathetic. way out. Yeah. So, well, he's he's pitiful and old and everything. But then he, when he starts uh, doing well for the cartel, they reward him with you okay. know uh, mm. just beautiful, beautiful senoritas and thongs, okay. dancing around with their asses and everything, twerking in his crotch. You know, not what you'd imagine from an Eastwood film, but it's there no. nonetheless. All right, all right. Anyway, oh, and apparently Cliff and Collins Jr. is his son-in-law in real life. Really? Yeah, which I read on the Wikipedia page. Interesting. Married to Al- Allison? Is he? Is I don't know. Name? It doesn't say who he's married to, but no, she's in, she's in the movie. Okay. She plays his daughter in the movie, and she is just okay. Mm. She's better than his son is in movies. Uh. Scott Eastwood is the worst. Sorry, Kevin. That was a long-winded uh, discussion of the mule. Go ahead. So. Oh, one more <laughs> thing. Sorry. I, if I don't mention this, I'm going to forget it. Has the song "Cool Water" in it from Buster Scruggs, except like a real, like an actual recording of it from like the '40s or something. You oh wow! It on the radio, isn't that crazy? Two movies in the same year with that random obscure right. song in it. Yeah. Anyway, so um, since it was Christmas, had to rewatch Die Hard. Um, Are right, you one of these people that Die, die Hard <laughs> is a Christmas movie for you? I'm not going to defend it as a Christmas movie. Like that's good. You I shouldn't. I mean, personally, I would say like. I would make the distinction of, like, it's a Christmas movie, but it's not a holiday movie. Hmm. Which, like... Is then it set at Christmas, but not about the holiday? I mean, it's... I'd say that's fair. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Let's just go with that, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, before we get into a whole yeah. involved thing. Because, like, like, I've seen, like, some some people really, like, fucking reach to make it a Christmas movie. And it's sure. like, y'all need to calm down. I mean, those are the um, kinds of people who think that, like, you know, 
Lethal Weapon is a. I mean, if I don't understand if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, then Lethal Weapon has to be a Christmas movie because yeah, they're both I mean, about Christmas the equal amount. Exactly. In that they take place at Christmas, and that is all. Mm-hmm. I think they, people just want. People just like those movies, and they just want to be well, able to list them as Christmas. I agree. Movies. They want. Yeah, they want yeah. to say. They want to be cool and say, "I don't like." You know, it's a wonderful life, and I don't like a Christmas story. I like Die Hard because I'm fucking cool. Yeah, it's right. a hip answer. Yeah, but sure. Anyway, sure you are, pal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like Die Hard is still like it's so good. Mm. It's so damn good. Like everybody in it is great. Um, it's put together so well. Like uh, one one of the things that like I'm not sure like if I hadn't noticed this before or like if I had just forgotten about it, but like there's the, po- there's the part after like, um, McLean finds Hans in, you know, the lower levels and like Hans pretend spoiler alert, Hans pretends to be like one of the hostages and you know, you're one of them, aren't you? Yeah. You're one of them. <laughs> Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. And then, you know, like, like he looks over at, um, one of the German dudes whose brother died yeah. and, uh, like shoot, you know, like yell, sh- yell, shoot the Carl, yeah. yeah, shoot the glass. What? She sh- shoot she sh- the glass. Shoot the glass. Yeah, and then like, of course, next time, next time you see him, like he's like, bathroom door opens, blood just gushing out of his feet, and sure. it's, like it's fucked. Yeah, and it's like so smart. Yeah, and like because there's, there's no like, you... o- there's no obvious like. <gasps> No, I'm barefooted. Exactly. Now I have to walk on glass. What's it's just... genius about it is that Hans saw that and yes. then thought later, oh, you know what? I remember he's barefoot. Let's fuck him up. Shoot the glass. Exactly. That'll stop him. Yeah. Like, that's brilliant. That's just brilliant screenwriting. <laughs> it really is. And and the and the blood the blood squibs on that guy's knees on that scene are disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like we even like when they shoot uh Takagi, like Yeah. Oh like, yeah, the, you head, might, the head you just might, explodes. You might as well just kill me. All right. Bam. Yeah. And like, like <gasps> it's brutal, man. Yeah, it's, it's that's so, back when they knew what they were doing. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and like like I actually like because of that I would I ended up watching McTiernan's first movie, Nomads. Yeah. Which really isn't very good. It's this weird supernatural thriller. Like Pierce Brosnan it plays this uh French anthropologist with a really corny accent cuz they for some reason, couldn't get Gerard Depardieu. And so, like, very beginning of the movie, Brosnan's character dies, and, like, his last words are whispered into this doctor's ear, and then, like, she's reliving his last, like, couple of couple of weeks. <coughs> um, the biggest problem with the movie is the plot, like, is... Like, it goes so far in so many directions that it's hard to get a grip on it. So it's, yeah, it just doesn't hold together very well. I mean, sure. it's, pro- it's probably why McTiernan, like, it's the only movie he wrote. So that's probably why he left it up to, you know, like, Shane Black and sure. and whoever else was writing his movies after that. But, um, yeah, so that was interesting. But, you know, even though the movie's not very good, apparently... That's the movie that Schwarzenegger saw and was like, this guy is going to direct Predator. Smartest decision Schwarzenegger ever made. I'll tell you what, Predator is a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, because, like, it was so interesting watching, like, like you can see, like, like he went to, like, McTiernan went to Juilliard, and then he got his master's at the AFI, and, like, you know, 
he's obviously, you know, very competent in Nomads. Like, there's a lot of interesting editing, and, like, there's this one part in the movie, like, probably the best part, where, like, Brosnan is running through the streets, and this nun appears out of nowhere, and she's, like, trying to, like, she sort of tells him what's going on, and there's this, like, super creepy atmosphere as he's walking through, like, this old convent. And, like, that, you know, is really solid, but... Um, but yeah, cause like, then you get to Predator and it's like, whoa, like he took to, like, he took to action, like a fish to water, mm-hmm. like the man's a genius. Yeah. And like, unfortunately I read up on his Wikipedia, like what actually like happened to him with all his, like the wiretapping, <laughs> well, the wiretapping lawsuits from his ex-wife, uh, IRS debts and like. There's something that he made for a game for Ubisoft called The Red Dot. It's like a short film to promote one of their that was, games. Uh, yeah, that was the Ghost Recon uh, Wild, right, Wildlands right. trailer, yeah. Yeah, and like that was... That like, shit rules too. Did you watch it? I haven't yet. It's good. <laughs> I mean, I, I would expect nothing less. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like that plus like the combination of like... I don't understand why 13th Warrior gets the flack that it gets. Like I was reading like Omar Sharif's, Mm -hmm. you know, like this was just the stupidest movie I ever made. I don't know why I do things for money. Like why can't people make good movies anymore? And I'm like, dude, you're barely in it. It's way better than you're giving it credit for. Like, I'm sorry. He's not fucking David lean, but get over yourself. That's the whole thing with him is, yeah, he can't, he can't look at anything objectively because he's in these masterpieces from the 40, 50 years ago. So yeah, it's like, of course, yeah. The 13th warrior is not a, is not a, uh, a prestige picture. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. And like, and, um, you know, you know, obviously they had like very few good things to say about basic. Yeah. And I think Thomas crown affair did. Okay. But like right after that was when all his trouble started and like, you know, roll with rollerball too. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 Which I didn't see. I've seen the original rollerball and it's all right, but the, I haven't seen the new one. Yeah. I will eventually cause I'm my next project is to do a McTiernan list. Nice. But, uh, just, he didn't kill anybody. I know, he, he did. right? Let him out. Let, let him let him direct again. It's the same thing with Roger Avery, man. Like Roger Avery, he actually did kill somebody, I think, vehicular homicide, but a manslaughter. But he's out of jail now. The, the slaughter <laughs> of a man. Yeah. Let him direct a film again, man. I want another yeah. Rules of Attraction because it's one of the greatest films ever made. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Killing Zoe. I mean, the guy's a, a brilliant filmmaker. Same with McTiernan. Like, just just let it happen. Yeah. Stop putting people in jail. Okay. Yeah. Director jail. Yeah, I mean, especially since, like... And real jail. And real jail. And real jail, yeah. <laughs> I mean... It's like Allen, too. Woody Allen, you know? I mean, I'm not, like, the biggest Woody Allen fan, but, like, uh, his new movie that was supposed to come out was, like, you know, it's in um, distribution hell now. It'll never come out because everybody's, like, decided now that he's... Like, just out of... The, I guess because of the Me Too thing, just, like... <laughs> You know, they've decided suddenly that they're going to start, you know, assuming that he's guilty of all these things that he's been accused of. Right. And which he may or may not be. I mean, it seems like he probably is. But, you know, it's like I still want to see that movie. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's got Timothy Chalamet in it. I love that guy. I want, I want to see the movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. Like, um, it's it's so weird. The double standards like, you know, so many people still revere Tupac. Yeah. But like, 
y'all. He went to prison for gang rape. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, man. Yeah. And he was raised in a very affluent home and, like, all that, you know, East Coast, West Coast bullshit that was going on in the Mm. 90s. He was perpetuating it to make money. Or, like, Chris Brown. Like, the guy, like, he beat the shit out of women. And now he's still, like, a multi-million. He's still got, like, platinum records coming out all the time. Yeah. All my students love him. I'm just like, you know this guy, like, beat the shit out of his girlfriend, right? Right. I don't care. Music's good. (laughs) It's like... Yeah, like they, they, yeah, like they really don't care. And like, and I mean, like with Woody Allen, like guys, they were making jokes about him in the early eighties about, you know, soon Yi and all that kind of stuff. He made a movie about himself dating a 16 year old. I mean, like he's, he's pretty open about his uh, attraction (laughs) to young women. Right. I mean, anyway, not, neither here nor there, but uh, yeah, yeah. diehard rules. (laughs) <laughs> Die Hard Rules, Nomads, 2.75. Um, would have been better if Pierce Brosnan wasn't doing the French accent. And if it had been, like, if he had gotten together with, like, someone who, like, really knew what they were doing as far as screenwriting goes. Like, like it probably, like, may sound strange. But if he had gotten together with, like, Wes Craven, this probably would have been a much more interesting movie. Because, like. That'd be a weird combination. Yeah. Well, like, you think about, like, the first Nightmare on Elm Street and then, like, Serpent and the Rainbow. Yeah. Like, at least they're, like, more solidly put together from what I remember. Mm. JR? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You Uh, haven't been listening this entire time. No, I have. (laughs) No, you're... you're, You lost me at West Craven. You're a movie, JR. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) am. Right, so um, you guys have covered this movie to death on this podcast, uh, but I just watched it, and so I, I just kind of have a couple questions. Um, first Reformed, best movie, a of the year, movie of the year. that I think was the only movie that all three of you had on your uh, yeah, list I last guess, last maybe. time. Yeah, actually, number one movie of the year. So yeah, got it. Um, five out of five, easy five out of five. That was your that was wait Hereditary was your six for the year. Yeah. But it didn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hold up. First reformed stayed with me longer, which right, is why right. it was number one. I, let uh, let it out, man. You're wrong. Let it out. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was was so good, and until it it stopped. I agree. Good. When it ends, it's it's <laughs> done and it's not good anymore because it's over. But. As long as it's not, it's five out of five. Wait, when did it stop for you? It it stops when he decides to put on the 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 bomb vest at the. Uh, so the end of the movie. So, so you the, agree yes, with, the last. So you, five so you agree with John? Well, no, it's the last fifteen. No, that's Jonathan. Last fifteen. Minutes. Oh, right, right, right. I'm fine this with the a, whole thing. I love okay. it. <laughs> the the reconsecration is a pretty lengthy sequence, and it's. It's a sequence that makes me go back and just like question a few things in the movie. I just I don't I don't get why he falls apart in this way, even though I know there's a lot of things going on and his health is rapidly deteriorating. I just don't. Uh, what do you? I mean? don't think this like really intelligent and thoughtful person uh, all of a sudden is going to fall into this environmentalism thing so hard at this point that he's going to, spoiler, potentially blow up this church and this ceremony, even though it is maybe like a 
a living prison for him. I just, I didn't buy it. He didn't do that. Though. I know he didn't. Spoiler. Instead, <laughs> instead, Amanda Seyfried walks into the church, so he has a change of heart and instead wraps barbed wire around his torso. That's right. Which it's it didn't love. Yes. I don't know if you know all these things. How do you probably have a problem with this? It's self-flagellation. It's self-flagellation. And then uh, another spoiler, uh, a suicide attempt Mm -hmm. or an almost suicide attempt. Maybe a suicide. Probably a suicide attempt. Maybe an actual suicide. And then the worst part, I I, I actually disliked the very ending a lot because I... The kiss? If the kiss is real, then it's stupid. Because how does she get in the house, and why doesn't she feel the stuff on his torso? Which is why it's probably a fantasy. Mm-hmm. And in that case, like, what's the point except just for, so he can have this like happy mental moment as he's dying? Yeah, what's wrong with that? I don't, I don't like it. I just <laughs> didn't. It's your prerogative, bud. I, it is. I think Schrader. It is my. I think Schrader has said it's a. He's dead, and it's a. Okay. A moment in his mind that's happening. It's not that, real. It's I think not that's literal. the only part that makes sense, and I just, I just don't. I just disliked the way it all played out at the end. Let me ask you this: What was it? What, what was your rating prior to that scene? Or was this thing headed? I didn't have a rating. Yet. Oh come on! Fuck you! Well, <laughs> you thought about what it would be. It, it was. It was above a four. Okay. It was a f- four plus. You know. See, that's that's insane to me. That the the ending of the film can reduce your score that much. But it was the whole third act. It wasn't just like the last. So him deciding to get the bomb materials, like it starts there. I mean, the third act is not him in the yeah. room. Like that's all, that's not that. And long. that's no. Maybe like that but, might be like the so fifth I, act if it were a play. You know? <laughs> I guess while it was happening, I I just am interested in enough that I'm not thinking about. Oh, this is going to end with him blowing up the ceremony. The whole time I'm watching, I'm thinking he's going to blow up the ceremony. Well, I'm thinking I don't know how I feel if he's going to do that. I'll have to wait and see. And if he doesn't do it, I don't know where it's going to go. So it was that was yeah. what, that's what kept me like supremely engaged with the film at that point because I was like, I don't know what the fuck to, to make of any of it. Like that's going to be insane if he blows up this church. It's going to be kind of like ridiculous, and I don't know how they're going to do that. And especially since. I was, you know, what I was really afraid of that he was going to blow up the church and they were going to have some terrible CG effect because they're not going to blow up that church, you know. <laughs> so I was, like, I was like, that's going to look terrible. <laughs> so I, I know this has been written before, but I definitely, um, I definitely saw the like connections to Bergman and Bresson. It I definitely say, is like yeah. winter light. It definitely has like the, you know, um, the, camera the monotony. Is, the camera work is a lot like Bresson, like a yeah. lot, like a lot like it. And the yes. fact that he shot in the you know full frame. And there's also just like monotony of dealing with administrative mm-hmm. shit at the church, which is kind of like Diary of a Country Priest. Yeah. And in that film, the priest it has a uh, crisis of faith as well. But I just and then uh, I don't. <laughs> I guess I just I like that stuff more than I like the potential like priest Travis Bickle elements of it. Because that's that's what I what I I think of when I think of oh he's gonna blow up everybody in this church, but it's a lot it's really similar to tra- to Taxi Driver in that way too because it's like 
in Taxi Driver, his plan is to do one thing and he ends up doing another because it doesn't work out. Yeah. It's like the same, you know, similar in that way too. Which, oh, so he's, uh, he's writing the same movie? Okay. It's really fucking cool. It's an update <laughs> of the film. I mean, it's and it it's is. and it's not the same film because Travis Bickle is a, is a nihilist essentially. I mean, he's not a nihilist, but he's not he's not faithful at all. And he's, you know, it's, his journal is his God essentially. So I mean, like, even though this guy's keeping a journal also. But mm. it's like, I don't know. I, I like that it's similar to Taxi Driver because it's so late in his career now that he's able to reflect on that and you know make something that's like a, a sister film to it almost and that he directed it yeah like i don't even know what this movie would look like if i don't think scorsese would be able to direct this and make it as uh calm as it is like i Probably feel like not. he would he would go insane with some parts of it and you know not that not that he can't restrain himself i mean silence isn't insane or anything but there's definitely um a lot of more style to his movies. Mm. Right. I really liked, uh, I liked the abundant life church that I guess, I guess, uh, owns, like the mega church? Owns his church. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, what's the guy? Not C- Bernie Mac. Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, Cedric the Entertainer. <laughs> Bernie Mac's dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cedric the Entertainer was good. Yeah. Surprisingly. I just like the, every conversation they have together is like, is soul crushing for <laughs> Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's great. I really love the scene when he told uh, that lady he despised her. It's probably my best favorite part in the movie. Oh, that's, he had a really... There were some good lines in that little mad monologue that I can't remember. <laughs> but it was nice. It was good stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sorry that uh, the last five minutes of the movie ruined the whole thing for you. 15, you 20. Fucking, like my mom over here. <laughs> this is a... Yeah, this was a, a three and a half... Definitely in my bottom ten of the year. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's <laughs> I was about to <laughs> lose <laughs> control. It's nowhere near it. Come on. I think Jonathan put like a two and a half out of five in his top five. Yeah, that was yeah. Jordan. No, you mean you mean John like on the last? Oh, episode? Just, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Well, does, I think he. Yeah, he didn't he, he have Mission had, Impossible, and he didn't even like Mission Impossible. Well, he like gave it a three and a half. I think that's the one. He oh, okay. Had. That's that's Jonathan though. Like Jonathan doesn't watch guys, enough this, stuff. Guys, this is a stone cold masterpiece. Three out of five. Yeah, he he just doesn't watch enough stuff either. I mean, he's not like he like he won't see the favorite till it comes out on Blu-ray, and his wife rents it from the library for him. You know. I was curious to know how many. You know, you did a top ten out of how many? You know, how many movies did you see all year? Oh, I, I have I have that number. <coughs> it was uh, that was a controversial question to Kevin. No, the water went down the wrong t- tube. You okay? Yeah. This year, 169 so far. Talk amongst yourselves. No, I meant like from 2018. Oh, from 2018. Oh, I don't know how to do that. Can you look at that? Yeah, you go. I, uh, I mean, if you keep a list of. I mean, movies. honestly, all my 2018 movies are probably on my top 10 or my bottom eight. Oh, shit. Okay. So I think I have. Uh, I'd have a top 14 now, I think. Because you did the uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, I just included them all because I can't, I can't not put Sisters Brothers on there because it's like really good, but it's number 12. You know, so I have a top fourteen now, uh, and then I have a bottom eight. So that's probably most of the twenty eighteen movies I've seen. Mm. Yeah, you can look at the films that. Well, right. Oh, you can look at like your movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Movies. Well, you can look at like what's been released in twenty eighteen, but with Letterbox, you have to like, like it doesn't list certain things. Like, well, because it's not going to list ones that were released in festivals in 2017. Exactly. So, like, Thoroughbreds would not be on that list. Right. Like, uh, Death of Stalin wasn't on 2018, according right. to Letterboxd. Oh, also, yeah. Or like, Chappaquiddick. And uh, I was never really here. 
or you were never there. Right. That's yeah. not on there. But oh, okay, okay. Well, no, yeah, that's in my bottom. Yeah. Oh, uh, like I mean, like I saw. Okay, I haven't seen a lot actually that weren't on there. Like Unsane's not on my list. Neither is. Oh wait, that's later. Yeah, so I've seen one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty-two films from this year. Okay. According to this, but again, Chappaquiddick is on my list because it came out this year. I'm sorry, it just did. Yeah. Yeah. Letterbox doesn't care about US. Yeah. But anyway, um, so uh, I watched um, the Dungeon Masters, which is a documentary on amazon prime i was just really bored and nothing to do so i decided to crank this bad boy up and uh it's just a documentary about people who play dungeons and dragons and they like and other like role-playing games Mm -hmm. and they're the dungeon masters of their particular group and it goes like a movie about nerds yeah it is and uh it goes a little bit way it doesn't go far enough in my opinion as to explaining what the game is <laughs> like it oh. explains it a little bit but it's like i still curious about like for instance i'm sure I, a quick google search could answer all these questions i just really don't give a fuck but i have no idea like what the books are for like they have all these books and shit like i don't know what they're doing with those because they're just like you're a dungeon master you create the world you create the story and then everybody else has their character that they created and then you roll died and then you tell them what they're doing. You're going to go through a door or are you roll the die to find out? And it's like, how does he know? Like, what does he need the book for? Did he just say there's a door there or not? And then they have like, they, they have like a, a play map. It's got like, it's like gridded out. And I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck any of that shit is. And he's got like this weird, I don't know if you guys have seen this, like this try like shade thing that he sits around him. Oh yeah. You know, I don't know what any of that is. They don't explain any of that. And a lot of the movie is dedicated to, this one guy who's uh, like more of a loser than the other two because he actually has a family and a kid, but he's like not doing anything to support his family. He's playing D and D and trying to write his novel, and his novel goes nowhere, obviously, because the guy's not a fucking writer, you know. <laughs> and uh, one thing I realized watching this might be a little controversial, but one thing I realized is that uh, nerds, actual nerds, like the people who play D&D, you know. The thing that they have in common is that and I when I say actual nerds, I mean not like, you know, not like hot chicks who like Star Wars who are like I'm a nerd, you know, not, not people like that. Actual nerds who are like going to be alone forever, okay? Actual nerds, here's the thing about them. They all think they're really really smart and most of them are of extremely average or slightly below average intelligence. But they think that they know what they're talking about all the time with any subject. And I realized it watching this movie because they're all like that. All these people are like that. And I, re- I realized, like, I run into these people all the time. Like, at Little Wars and Rockets. and These people who think that they know shit. And they'll just spout out stuff like it comes from a place of authority. But they are completely wrong about it. And you can't argue with them because they're, no, because I'm right. <laughs> and, they, and it's just like, that's the, that's the thing about nerds. <laughs> and I don't, it's, you know. It's whatever you want to play D and D. That's that's one thing, but don't you know? There's no, I don't, and I think it comes from a place of insecurity of like they know that they're I don't know, like kind of like pitiful in a way. I mean, not to judge them, but like you know, like the, like if you're, I mean, and that's their choice. They clearly you know bought into that lifestyle, but and you know, it's not like <laughs> you know 
that's for some people and there's other stuff for other, you know, that's fine. But like, you know, it just feels like they're a little insecure about it. And so they have to make up for it with the fact that, yeah, I'm a nerd, but it also, that means I'm really smart because that's what society says nerds are. They're really smart people who were made fun of in high school, but now they're really smart and can tell you all kinds of stuff. And it's like, it's not really true. Mm. You're just, you know, you're just not, you're not any extra smart than anybody else. Like you're only as smart as you're, I mean, a lot of people are smart, you know, in different ways, but I mean, it's like an educational thing. I mean, you know, people can go to college and get as smart as you want to, you know, <laughs> like what's yeah, the, I mean, what are we talking about here? Yeah. It's like in uh, goodwill hunting, like hmm. it's been a fortune for an education. You could have gotten late fines at the public library. Yeah, exactly. 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 That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And that guy is extremely rare uh, hunting. That is, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, this this guy who actually is really really smart, but doesn't give a fuck, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's just an observation I had after watching this pretty middle of the road documentary that I gave three out of five stars to. Interesting. Pretty well shot. What What brought you to this documentary about a subject you care nothing about? I don't care nothing about it. That's a oh, okay. I, I I am very very interested in the characters. These people who play these not the characters that they're playing but the actual people the subjects i'm interested in them like as as subjects i think it's really interesting to follow these people around especially like that guy who like he could easily be working more providing his family with better things but instead he's like eh, i'm just gonna play D D, write my novel and then work on a cable access show that i have to pour more, more money into and i don't get paid for i mean it's just like you're an asshole like your your <laughs> wife is subsidizing your hobby now your hobbies do they speak? Do they speak to his wife? Oh, his wife's on screen quite a bit, and she, she's very like, she tries to be understanding. She's real gentle with him and stuff. But then, like, every once in a while, she'll make like a slightly underhanded comment, and he'll just be like, <laughs> you know, like, he, like he's just he's a total dick. Like, right. And it's just really, really, it's brutal. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see like why you would want to watch that because like you flipping through like dungeon masters maybe i'll finally figure out what the fuck they're doing at little wars exactly. while they're not i wanted magic. to know what that grid was about man yeah I didn't like, even explain it right this one guy has like this huge uh like chest full of die like uh you know why do you need that many dice well apparently they roll like 12 die at a time for some shit i don't even know what's going on they don't explain any of that this guy's got like a thousand die and he the, <laughs> the best part of the movie he's talking about he's like, he's like you know sometimes when i I get the die out and I uh, I look through them and I just have to remind the other die, you know, that these these die were bad to me this game. So I take them, I dip them in water, I put them in the freezer for an hour, I take them out, take a hammer, and I let all the other die watch as I shatter them on the concrete. <laughs> he shatters his die on the concrete, and then he like he's like lecturing the other die in the box, <laughs> like don't be like these die. This sounds amazing. Help me win. <laughs> That's the best part of the whole movie. So, oh my! Highly recommended Jesus. for that scene. <laughs> it sounds incredible. Was this on Hulu? It's on uh, Amazon Prime. It might nice. be on Hulu. You have Prime? Yeah. Get with it, man. It's on I there. Am. It's on there, bud. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's on. It's on some primes. Really, it's. I mean, it's sorry. definitely. Sorry, I wasn't prioritizing this. It's definitely mm-hmm. worth a watch. I mean, I, I the thing that it reminded me most of was Darkon, and I'd say Darkon is much better, but you know, it's still good. Yeah. Kevin. 
So this will be my next round of shattering people's childhood memories, oh. according to JR. Uh, so I rewatched uh, Cinderella and The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. No, that, that you're safe with that one. <laughs> so you like you gave it two and a half, and I'm like I'm, I mean I I mean I can see why. I mean, you gave Cinderella like not, two and a half. No, no Ichabod, Ichabod, and uh, like. I'm guessing it's something to do with Bing Crosby. It's there just wasn't much to the these films. I didn't think. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can definitely see that. Like, I liked um, I liked the voice acting in Mister Toad. Like, I thought Basil Rathbone did a great job as the narrator, and but like you know the story itself, like it's just one small part of Wind in the Willows, and you know it's. It's decent. Um, the Ichabod one, like, I had seen that one much more often, and that was like, eh, you know, it's it's all right. Um, I've been meaning to rewatch Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton movie, forever. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and Cinderella, it goes by really quick. And before you know it, like, you know, she's been to the ball, and now she's married, and it's like, Oh, that happened. It's like there's not a lot of like stuff to like. Re- yeah, it was it was over. You know, I think it's only like seventy something minutes, Perfect. and like, but it like, but that's that's the that's one of the kind of problems with it. It's like it just blows by you, and you're like, what happened? Like, there's not there's not really a whole lot that's like really memorable, except for like the scenes that you've seen a thousand times rehashed on like best of disney or whatever um yeah so three for cinderella three and a half for adventures cool i've never seen either of these so yeah that's i always forget that you have seen very few of the disney movies only i've never seen any of them except for the starting at um little mermaid actually i've seen like four total (laughs) Unless you count Pixar films. I've seen, Little, I think you I've seen Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin. I've seen those four. That's it. Never saw Pocahontas, never saw Mulan, never saw Hunchback. I saw Hunchback part, is I saw, fucking dark. I saw part of Mulan too many, too many on YouTube the other movies. day. But mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> American only. Except Beauty and but the not Beast, takes place in France. Okay. And Aladdin, which takes place in the Mideast. <laughs> In the Lion King, which yeah. takes place in Africa with no people. Africans. Yeah. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast in France. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, moving it turns on. Turns out they're not American. Um, <laughs> all right, I watched, uh, see, I watched Cold War, which is a um, oh, Polish is movie. for uh, going to be up for the best foreign film. Probably. Yeah. Looks that way. It's uh, from Pavel Pavikovsky, who did uh, Ida or Ida. Ida. A couple years ago. Which was pretty good. This is about a, uh, you know, two people who uh, fall in love in post-war Poland, and kind of go covers like the next yeah, fifteen twenty years of their very uh, I don't know horrible relationship. Like they love each other but are kept apart from each other, and when they're together, they're often bad to each other, but they can't stay apart. Blah blah blah. Lots of that stuff. Um, it's really cool. The uh, the man 
Thomas Cott is a uh, he's a music director, kind of traveling around like provincial Poland looking for for talent for his like folk ensemble, and he comes across Joanna Kulig, who is very pretty and has a lot of talent. Apparently, she sings well, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's kind of off to the races. Kind of so it kind of starts off like a. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of similar to A Star Is Born. What I know of A Star Is Born, like this guy is established. The girl is a nobody in a small town. Mm. Um, yeah, so it is beautifully shot. A lot of the post-war Europe stuff is cool as a background. I don't think you ever really get enough time with the two main characters to get fully invested in the relationship because it's just it's a night it's a 90 minute movie mm. which is good but also it's also bad you know covers a lot of years in 90 minutes is um is there like like secret police or anything to like like if it's called cold war is there anything to like yeah like the there is like definitely common some... turn is like always watching that kind of stuff yeah there's like some some gestapo stuff some Illegal activities, putting, putting prison camps for type stuff. Um, for a while, they are exiled from Poland. You know, in the uh, in Western Europe, it's all that stuff is really interesting. Hmm. Again, it's just it's too much material for ninety minutes. Ah. So, but it's a, it's a four. Word. Um, so you know, immediately jumped in the car. Drove down the interstate to see the favorite on at O'Neill. Got into the favorite, sat down. Immediately, these two old bats come in, sit right next to us, just loudly talking. People are behind us, loudly talking. It's nothing but uh, middle-aged two elderly women coming to see this movie. And I, my mother-in-law. Mm said she wanted to go see this after I told her I saw it because she loves Jane Austen and she sure. loves period dramas. <laughs> and I said, do not go see this movie. She so would be sorely disappointed. I wouldn't have told her that. Apparently it has been well marketed to, yeah. uh, to middle aged I mean, women. Well, I'll get to that. But anyways, we, we, uh, the, the one lady who sat next to us had liquor that she had smuggled in. They have, so a, we bar, were like, they have a bar there. I know. So we're we're Expensive like bar. we're immediately like let's just move. So we move down to the first row. It's way too close. Second row, a little bit better. And surprisingly enough, they're they're rather well behaved once the movie starts. They're talking all through the trailers very loudly. Movie starts, no more real talking at all until the end of the movie when they're you know obviously pissed off. Um, but I will say that this movie, um, and we can all obviously have the discussion of this film at this point. But mm. my thoughts. Uh, Two things. One, it's marketed as a comedy. I didn't find it funny very much. I found there are moments that are supposed to be funny, and that's fine. And you know, they just didn't they didn't hit for me. But it's not. I don't find it to be a comedy personally. I found it to be a drama. And uh, and then two, your uh, Dave his comments about it on oh, I didn't, on Facebook. I didn't see exactly what he had said. He just said. He uh, commented, he said, it's even stranger than the trailers. And I was, after it ended, I was like, I don't understand what's strange. What would be strange to anyone about this movie? It's a movie. It's, it's 
honestly, I haven't seen everything that Lanthimos has done, but it's easily the most accessible film he's ever made. I would easily the least strange picture he's ever made. There are strange elements to it, though, such as such as the The text. No, well, the ending. The text, like the chapter headings. Yeah, no, no movie's ever done that before. Are you kidding? Have they done that fully marginalized, uh, margined? Text? Oh, are you talking about like the way they print the way it? it looks is the in itself. Stra- I'm giving you small things that's that are strange. Stra- I mean, that's strange. It's of the time. I mean, it's related to the period. That's yeah. the way things were printed back then. Sure, I didn't find that strange at all, personally. What else? I mean, <laughs> maybe the fisheye lens every now and then. Yeah. I'd say but, the fisheye uh, lens is 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 maybe. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't find it right. strange. The fisheye lens is unusual for a period bad. piece. Right. I hated and it. You hated the fisheye? Yeah. I loved it. Every time eye. we did it, I hated it. I loved it. Especially but, that I one mean, shot from the trailer where they're looking at the whole... Th- I was like, that's amazing. How else are you going to see that whole, yeah, that whole I mean, room like that? I mean, there is, like, there is that one scene where old boy is having the uh, fruit thrown at him. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... I don't understand. That's just decadence, though. I mean, like the whole movie. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's about the decadence of the royalty. Like that's just more decadence. I don't know. To I me. would. Uh, I don't understand what's strange about any I, of that. I don't know. I'd have to. It's, I'd have to talk to him. We're, we're coming at this from a perspective of we watch a lot of shit and we watch a lot yeah, of I weird shit. I understand that. I understand that. This is not. Yeah. Com- this is not a regular movie for people I know. that my go mom would think it was strange every two months. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think of Dave as having the same sensibility as my mom, though. I haven't. I don't know the guy very well, but I mean, like. I would assume he's seen some movies, you know. Yeah, and some very esoteric movies, yeah, too. Yeah, so it's just, I don't understand how this is strange to anybody. I mean, but Mike Patton is, like, one of his favorite people, yeah, so. so. There are lesbians in this movie. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I, I mean. They say the word cunt a lot. Well, I mean, they're Which rich. I'm sure they did. And still do in yeah. Britain. I really liked I mean, the like the word it's... cunt struck. Oh, I, cunt struck was my favorite line. Well, I think I had another line that was better. Let me think. It's rather, it rather cunt struck by you. I'm like, cunt struck. It's so good. Oh, my favorite I line in the movie. Holt in this movie. He's man. amazing. He's the best he's ever been. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line in the movie was um, Rachel Vice says, You have to dismiss her. They're walking out of the co- co- uh, carriage, and she's like, I like it when she puts her tongue inside me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh man, so blunt, so blunt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I f- I found like I definitely wouldn't have like marketed it as a comedy. Like a lot of the comedic beats that are in there, like I appreciate because like that I thought that was kind of cool that Yorgos being Greek was mm-hmm. very easily able to like play to like the British sense of humor. Um, sure, but uh. The movie fucking rules. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah. I thought it was uh, extremely well made. And I like that the, there seems to be like, I haven't read anything about it really, but I feel like there was a concerted effort on the part of the filmmakers to not have like equipment and shit around. Like it feels like they were just shooting with like a camera and a boom mic maybe because like I, the camera is so like fluid. It's like all over the place. And like a yeah. shot like that that fisheye shot where it shows the entire room. I mean, it's like, there's no, you know, obviously there's no crew or anything in that room. Right. At that time, they'd be behind the camera, obviously, but it's like, it's just so, I just thought the production values were incredible, which obviously is, you know, easy when you're shooting in a palace, but it's like, you know, I thought the costumes looked great. Everything looked really authentic and, uh, it was very disgusting at points, which was good. (laughs) It was very, uh, I loved how poorly lit everything was. 
I mean, like, I like when they're when they're walking out into the field and there's like just blackness and like mm-hmm. the little flames here and there, and yeah. like as soon as he pushes Emma Stone out of, you know, out of the reach of the fire, like she's gone. Oh yeah, like you just you can only hear her voice. Darkness. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, it was very very good. Yeah, <laughs> I like the. I mean, I think the story is extremely good. I mean, it's very it's like Shakespearean, yeah. except you know without the language. It's like yeah, it's a very good story. Yeah, I mean, as far as, I mean, I'm sure the history buffs out there will probably be like, well, this, that, and the other. I like, read the whole Wikipedia page of the Queen. Me too. So, yeah. Uh, and and, uh, and Abigail and I didn't read, Sarah. I, I, uh, I skimmed their pages. I didn't. I well, were, Abigail's is very short. Yeah. So it's like, it's like one big paragraph. Yeah. Um, Sarah's obviously has a lot more because she had a lot more going on. Um, probably not nearly as villainous as they are in the movie as, you know, um, every, everyone in this movie is, is awful. (laughs) There are no good people. I mean, Emma Stone looks good. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So does Rachel Rachel Weiss does too. (laughs) Incredible looking woman. Like, um, one of the, one of the things that I really appreciated, uh, this actor, James Smith, uh, he was in the thick of it and in the loop. And the and he was like a very like low level like you know civil servant and like seeing him as Godolphin the Lord Treasurer, I really appreciated that as a bit of casting. Yeah. And, uh, and, and like, must that creature be here? He's the top goose in oh, yeah. all England. He never leaves my side. That was great too. The yeah the, the duck races or goose yes. races. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, like, that's that's nothing like I would ever think of. You know. Like that's something that they did. Yeah, I guarantee you that's something they did. Definitely, and <laughs> like, not? and like the fact that like they like took you know anybody else could have just like watched you watched the ducks you know just you know seen them seen you know have the camera pointing down and you see them go about their stuff but like all the different camera angles like it's shot beautifully. <laughs> Slow mo, yeah, it's and good. you know, like the close ups as they're rounding the corners and everything. Guys clearly watched uh, Barry London a, a lot, you know, with all the 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 candles, especially. I mean, like how you know he shot with candlelight, and um, this movie seems to be also quite a bit. Although I'm, I think they shot this movie's digitally shot, but it yeah. looks really, really fucking good for digital. That was probably a plus for the production being shot digitally, like not having to have like a huge amount of stuff all over the place in, you know, castles and everything. Save them a lot of hassle. Yeah. First uh first on screen viewing of Emma Stone's nipple. How do we feel about that? I was wondering about that because like I was I you know I thought like when like the first scene when they're all doing like the community bath thing. Yeah, I was like they're so gonna show her naked here yeah. and they didn't. I was like that's then, kinda weird. But yeah. That's like that's gonna be weird if they shoot around her constantly because she's right, right. she's a prude or what not a prude, but you know, some <laughs> yeah. actors don't like to show their right, uh, right. bodies and that's fine. But uh I I read that she that was her idea actually to show her breast that she had to talk Lanthimos into it because he wanted to just have her under the sheet and mm-hmm. she said it would be more antagonistic if I was n- nude and you saw me and Rachel Weiss saw her nipple. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean I also love the scenes when they're shooting the birds and they're just completely unapologetic about it. Because yes. Of course you would be, you know, like mm-hmm. who gives a fuck about birds at the time? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Well, there were a lot of them. It's, yeah. It's fine. What, birds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's killer. And I love the whole sequence after Rachel Weiss is uh, poisoned where she ends up in the whorehouse. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, and like the uh, the makeup. Yeah, with like that huge scar on her cheek, and oh, she Olivia says, Coleman plays it so great. It's like just can't even look at her. Oh, yeah, she says, "If I, it would be, it would be becoming on me if I were a man." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah this is just a great film. Just yes. a wonderful picture. Yes. How is this a four for you? What is the problem, <laughs> man? Same same problem. Just the first performed. No, although oh, the I, ending. Yeah. Let's talk about the ending. Please. Okay, okay. Spoilers ahead because we're going to talk about the ending. All right. So, because um, the ending, I was I was probably in your boat for like a second while it was happening, and then I was like, oh, I get it's, it. It's, it's not, amazing. and it's not the my problem with the ending is not the last scene. Okay, at all. Uh, although I did have an in theater problem with oh, the last okay. scene. What happened? Uh, two dudes, like super dudes, yeah. walked into the theater during Focus that this, scene. <laughs> Thinking they were, they just walked into the wrong door. Their yeah. Theaters 19 and 20 of the theater I was at in Denver were very close together and just went. I think they were supposed to go into 20 and went into 19 instead. And are just like walking in, having this loud conversation. They sit down. I guess they just assume uh, this, this is the pre show. The scene <laughs> is the pre show, right? Of, uh, of Olivia Coleman just <laughs> steadying herself on Emma Stone's hand, head, sorry. Yeah, with her uh, hand. Right. <laughs> As she is massaged. Uh, they're just sitting there talking. And at one point, one of them's like, you think we're in the wrong theater? <laughs> and someone next to them was like, yes. Get the fuck And they out. got up and left. It was a, you know, it was a, it was a mood ruiner for sure. Kind of brought me out of it. Right. But no, um, my issue, my issues with the movie were, were mostly with Emma Stone's character uh, once, once she starts talking to herself in her room and then, uh, she's talking to herself as her new husband is in that room. I just, I, I'm less interested in her. Why? I you think it's too villainous. And I don't have a problem conniving? with the, the villainy. I don't, cause they're all conniving and they're all awful, but it, it's like, you a problem with the realism of this girl talking to herself and working things it, out out loud? No, it just seemed over overdone in a way that it, it wasn't before. Because she was conniving Are you before. talking about like, specifically like the jerk-off scene, the hand yeah. job scene? Yeah, did not like the jerk-off scene. Okay. Uh, but then I, like also, that she, I like that she was frustrated enough to give him a hand job. She's like, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. But I, and so once Rachel Weiss is out of the castle, and then she's just... She just becomes like a decadent man. Mm. Like she's no longer like the women in, that we have seen in this palace. She's she's just drinking and being an idiot. Sure. I just it's it's less interesting to me. Okay, and it's pro- like that's probably what happened, and it's well, probably I, some no, I, broadly I historically that, okay. I feel I just I like the I like the fact that her character changes and that she's you know. She's essentially drunk on the power that she's acquired, you know? You just you were really hoping that she'd be as smart as Rachel Weiss. Well, technically she was. I mean, she outsmarted Rachel Weiss. But Rachel Weiss was like I don't know if what she was doing was good for the country, but she was actually doing work sure. in her job. Sure. In right, her right. in her position. So you're okay, so there's a redeeming quality to her at least. Yeah. As opposed to and, and that's and that's okay that there's no redeeming quality to Emma Stone. I just Emma Stone's out those, number one. Man. Those scenes yeah. uh those scenes just weren't as interesting to me. I don't know. Okay. That's fair. But I actually really like the the last like the very last I scene. I loved it. That's yeah. a great like scene. montage. That's I mean and it, the 
and the, it starts the thing with the with the, the rabbit. With the rabbit. Yeah. The rabbit right. was great. Like that she that you see there is something clearly wrong with Emma Stone that she's still not happy. She's still not okay with where she is if she's taking out some some shit on this tiny little rabbit. Oh yeah. Yeah. poor okay. guy. Uh like I love that. I yeah. Just, and at least you get a glimpse of like uh Olivia Coleman noticing. Yeah. yeah. Like like it's you know she becomes more competent. Or she seems to yeah. she's not she is trying to be more competent. I don't know if she actually is. That's that's definitely up for historical debate. I mean, like reading the Wikipedia. No, just, well, I, don't, I, I didn't read the Wikipedia. I'm just I don't, well, yeah, only, I don't, I don't read. I don't read the film. Obviously, like, the movie is not historically accurate. No, no, no. <laughs> like, but but I mean, you know, like within the within the context of like like when she you know says that like she's buried seventeen children. Like like I had read that little bit of the page and like seeing that she had you know seventeen children die and like. I thought Olivia Coleman did a great job of just, you know, like, like, how do you play a woman who's literally lost 17 children? Like, one made it to 11 and then died. Most of them were stillbirths or miscarriages. Well, I'd say in the film, I mean, the character of Queen Anne, they're all, they're all dead at birth. I mean, she doesn't, because she doesn't explain any of that, right? I mean, she uh, yeah, yeah, they don't, they the don't go into had, it, but. Like well, I think they they go into like like the one the one rabbit who's like got a name and like that's his yeah. day and like that was the anniversary of the day that the eleven year old had died right but I mean and like then she and <laughs> and like she actually actual Queen Anne died that day the same day like Spooky. years later I and I saw I just uh I, mean, I thought she just like she showed like such heartbreak and emotion on her sure. face like at all times and like. That's why I say it's like her best performance. She's great. She's I don't great. know what else has she been in. Um, she's she, let's see. I don't see. know that I know her for much. She's been in a lot of well, you know, a lot of British stuff, a lot of comedies. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hard to imagine. Um, she was in the Night Manager. Oh, she and, played. Oh, she was in. I'm sorry. She was in. Um, I read that she was in The Crown. Yeah, yeah. As the older version of Claire Foy. Yeah. Huh. I've never seen any of that shit. So. She's very good in it. I yeah. hope that they all get uh, recognition. It looks yeah. like they'll all get well. All the they three, all, the three lady, they were all three, nominated three female leads for, uh, yeah. for Golden Globes. But I think, uh, I, th- I, th- I think Rachel Weisz and uh, Emma Stone are competing in the supporting actress category, right. which I being, think is ridiculous. And that, that's the plan. Yeah, they're submitting for that See, for the Oscars too. Bullshit! They're gonna cancel each other out, man. Yeah. That's no good because you want to see Vice get that second Oscar. She's just excellent. Not Emma. You don't want to see Emma Stone get that second I don't Oscar. Think she's for, as good. I don't think she's a good movie. I don't think she's as good in this as she as uh, Rachel Vice is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely Emma Stone's best performance. But like Rachel Vice just fucking tears it up. Yeah, I'm not. This. I'm also not one of these people who hates La La Land. I just it's not that great. Right. right. <laughs> I don't think she deserved an Oscar for it, no. but I do think she's a good actress. I would have given her an Oscar for Birdman before I gave one to her for La La Land. So, still haven't seen that. I might give Nicholas Holt an Oscar for oh, this yeah. before I give Emma Stone one. <laughs> I I think Nicholas Holt is fantastic, and I agree. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. the, the your buddy who played uh, the the yeah, Goldolphin, uh, he was, he was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, every all the acting was extremely top notch. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So I gave it a five. And uh, that's all movies for me. Let's see. 
So I finally watched uh, Sorry to Bother You. Not that good. I thought you were going to love this thing. I didn't. This is the movie that I, I didn't really have a lot of expectations. Like, from I visionary do, director Boots Riley. Right. <laughs> first, first movie. Yeah. First movie. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Like, you know, they say it's like, you know, get out on acid. And it's like, it's not. It really isn't. Like, it has, it has this, like, it has this message, but, like, it really gets washed over in a bunch of, like, really ridiculous shit. And, like, you know, you can throw the word satire around all you want, but, like... And they do. They do. <laughs> they love, they love satire. But, like, I mean, I don't know. Lakeith Stanfield is okay. Uh, Danny Glover is okay. Steven Yoon is okay. Tessa Thompson is okay. Anybody who's better than okay in this is movie? Is Army Hammer better than okay? I forgot he was in it. I mean, this this is like... this don't, is, You don't say the one white guy is better than okay <laughs> and everybody else is not. Yeah, that was a, that was no, a trap. No, like he's, uh, he's, he's slightly less than okay, actually. <laughs> Uh, okay. That's well, like this is this is this is like obviously like one of his like oh I'm gonna have fun between you know like like free fire like yeah like yeah. more more serious sure fair, um, but it just gets it ends up so like so weird and like just either of you guys have any interest in seeing this I uh, do very much oh well, all right I. Don't, I think, I think you really. vowed that you would never see. Yeah, this. I really don't want to. It looks terrible to me. I mean, I was I was going to mention something about the well, in, about the don't, end. Don't don't spoil please, it. Please okay. don't. Don't spoil it. Uh, I want to see this soon. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really all. <laughs> that's really all I can say about it. Um, I'll be I'll be interested to hear your thoughts though, Jr. Oh, I'll give them. I'll have give you, them. Have to you guys you. noticed? Um, that the uh, letterboxed app has been fucking up lately on your phone. The app and the website. Yeah, website's glitchy as fuck right now. Okay, because I I haven't been able like I was having trouble logging. I had to go on the website on my computer to log the dungeon masters actually, and I was like really. And it took me like a year to fucking log the favorite. Like I was having to re-log into my shit like eight times. Yeah, yeah. I thought my internet was fucking up, and it it's not. It's Apparently just that to get their shit together. They're gonna have yeah. an app maintain it. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So before we jump into the D or did you have more Kevin? No, that's it. Okay. I'm just going to say, I saw, um, uh, quick recommendations for the commuter. You guys will hate it, but it's great. <laughs> it is fun as fuck. Is this the sequel to crank that we all deserve? No. Do you like, oh. are you an, you're like a nonstop fan and shit? No, I'm no? not. Come on. I'm not, but you like, the I commuter. haven't, I haven't seen nonstop. Oh, okay. Uh, well, the, you'd love it, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't like... Uh, Taken? No, I didn't like Taken. Good I didn't like the... I think they did like one called The Unknown yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that either. Is this Pierre Morel, or who's who's the guy? No. It's a, one of the French guys. Over it there. is one of the French guys. Yeah. I don't think it's Pierre Morel, though. Mm. I'll look I think it his up. name starts with a J. Mm. Um, it's fun. Uh, and yeah, and right. Liam Neeson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yom Colette Sarah. This is the guy who used to work with... Um, Luke Besson, I think. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. Liam Neeson isn't very good, but uh, the movie <laughs> overcomes that. It's, oh, he's actually it's Spanish. What? Uh. His name is very French. He made Run All Night and I didn't Nonstop. see that. I didn't see that. So. I need and, to go and, rent and, those now. And Unknown. So, yeah, he directed all these Liam Neeson uh, pictures that you love. 
that you will love once you see them. <laughs> Quick question. I, I was surprised I loved it. Is Schindler's List what Liam Neeson is really known for as being the not this not at the this amazing <laughs> actor that people like kind of assume that he is? Only if you're a Seinfeld fan. I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, because I've seen like do we Schindler's even... List and like Nell, and like he's okay in that, and like I liked him in uh, Gangs of New York. He's only in it for about ten minutes. Basically. Did we yeah. consider him a, a great, like a capital G great actor? I think a lot he of people se- do. He seems to be commonly name checked as like. Here's the thing: what I was think... he in between sorry, Taken and and Schindler's List? That was great. Uh, Nell. <laughs> I'm sure there's. That's 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 way more dependent on Jodie Foster's performance. Let's see what he was in. Well, I mean, he's in he's in uh, one of my top ten films of all time, Excalibur. So you got to give him that. Well, that was in the '80s. That was before Schindler's List. Some Woody Allen stuff. Okay, let's see. After Schindler's List. Wait. Oh yeah, there we go. He's in Nell. Rob Roy. He rules in Rob Roy. Have you seen Rob Roy? No. Oh my god. Are you serious though? It's really good. Yeah, I smell it's a deep really, dive. Really, no shit, that's coming, bud. Michael Collins, he's pretty good in that. I haven't seen that either. Oh, oh my yeah. god, this is why you don't think he's a good actor. You haven't seen him as no, good I'm movies. Les Misérables. Les Misérables. Oh right. Haven't seen that version. He's also in episode one, Phantom Menace. Yeah, and that's yeah. I don't think people. I think people maybe like. I think people really like his character if they like anything from that movie. Right. He's he does an uncredited cameo as a voice of Qui Gon Jinn in episode two. He was in uh, K-19, The Widowmaker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's okay in that. He's in Love Actually. I never saw it. He was in Kinsey. Ugh. I know everybody loved Kinsey. Everybody Kinsey, was amazing. Kinsey was a big deal yeah. for him. Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, Batman Begins, Kingdom yeah. of Heaven. You know. Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> then we just get into some real shit. And then before Taken, he did. Uh, he was the voice of Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia movies. All right. And he was in uh, Breakfast on Pluto, which was a piece of shit. So... So yeah, I don't. Uh, hmm. I guess it's just Schindler's List then for some for some reason. I mean, I think Rob, I think I think you could point to like Rob Roy and and yeah, even Michael yeah. Collins. I think, that, but they're just so obscure at this point. Nobody yeah, even knows about right. those movies anymore. But I think I think at that I think at that time in the '90s he was more considered highbrow great right, actor. Right, yeah. And I think had he done the part, he was originally cast as Lincoln in the movie Lincoln, oh, and he dropped yeah. out. And I think had he done that, that might have reinvigorated his serious acting career maybe right, yeah. he would have maybe stopped doing these I, I think he seems to be having a blast doing these uh, terrible action PG-13 movies definitely yeah so good for him he's making millions and millions of dollars that's so. true that's and, true uh, so and then real quick I also recommend getting on Netflix and watching Private Life with uh, Catherine Hahn and Paul Giamatti about I've heard it's really kid. bad actually it's good it's really not bad really? I don't know who's saying that because it's I've heard a lot of people saying that actually and they're like uh people I don't know. people are yeah. stupid i like katherine hahn and i like paul giamatti so they're both really good mm. do you watch uh there's a well i guess there's a tv show on prime called i love dick i've not seen that yet katherine hahn's in that she's great in it her her husband is griffin dunn that's a lot of fun watching them too griffin dunn's great he's amazing <laughs> um yeah all right oh he was in he was in ballad of buster scruggs liam neeson yeah I yeah about that he's great in that yeah, he's great in that. He's got no real. I mean, he's got like three lines, I think. In it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I liked him in Silence. Also, I was afraid. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, afraid yeah. when I heard he was in Silence, but I, he was quite good in it. I yeah. Thought. All right. Well, um, let's jump in. I've got a, I, I've got a hard out at five thirty, guys. 
but we got that gives us 50 well, minutes essentially so yeah and we um you know since you guys hated this movie we can go through real quick <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about uh le corbeau from 1943 directed by mm. henri georges clouseau yeah uh my first clouseau film your first this was uh my first clouseau film oh wow there you go i mean went you know yeah 14, sure. 13 years ago sure sure you know when you should have seen it when you were me now Yes. In that you hadn't seen any Clouseau right. films. I've owned Wages of Fear for about five years now. I've never watched it. <laughs> and Kevin hates it. Although you did watch uh, The Diabolique. See. Si. Diabolique. Yeah, yeah. sure. Right. Which, well, uh, like, I, en- I enjoyed it, but not really. Like, I didn't really have a lot to say about it. That's, uh, that's fair. JR, this um, is your pick. Tell us uh, why. Uh, well, it's uh, a movie I loved when I was uh, 17 or 18, first time I saw it. Saw it a couple times back in the day. Loved it. Thought it was just like a great uh, little mystery film. And I just I haven't revisited it since then. And it was on uh, Mubi recently. So I decided to check it out. I had um, to download it illegally. Because I was like, how do you find it? It's not on iTunes. I was like, how it's the fuck really yeah, hard to find the, the Criterion TV is out of print now. Yeah. I'm surprised the library doesn't have it anymore. They do, actually. Um, funny story. I actually got it yesterday. Checked it out. Forgot it, Oops. and then had to go back this morning on my day off to go and get it again. That's diligent, man. I appreciate that. So uh, this I, is I a, wasn't going to let Jr. down on his last in, right, last in person one for a while at least. Right. So this is a a strange little mystery, and I say strange in that there's no uh, it's not a mystery about a murder mm. so much as there is a uh, there is someone writing these poison pen letters. To all of the people of this small town, right? Mostly about uh, re- revealing uh, supposed crimes of one part- one specific doctor, uh, Remy Germain, and uh, in addition to uh, all these other little uh, little petty crimes and uh, d- indiscretions that uh, other people in in town are committing. And it's basically getting the uh, whole town riled up against one another. This is made uh, during the German occupation of France in World War II. And it's actually made by a uh, German-funded uh, production company, hmm. Continental Films, which I thought was was odd. Uh, and it's a movie that was hated by both uh, sides of the political spectrum in France at the time and for years after and was banned in France for a long time. Uh, so I just, uh, I thought, Why? Cool. I thought it'd be cool to check out what, why? Because of like propag It was like, a, because, a, a uh, because of its connection, comment? its connection to, uh, the German occupation made people think that it was, uh, criticizing the French people as corrupt. Uh, the people on the other side made it seem like it was, a uh, criticizing or or not criticizing but it was like it was showing the anger and the hatred like just under the surface of life in france under german occupation like the way that people were um informing on each other and all this shit uh so there's there's not really a, a consensus on like what this movie's politics are it's just that everyone at somebody should ask clouseau about it Oh, too bad he died as a crazy person. Let me ask you well, this. I think, I, think oh, the politi- I think the politics are pretty clear at like the very 
the ver- like before anything actually starts, a town here or I- or elsewhere. Yeah, any yeah. town. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I mean, granted that this still, could be that's you. still ambiguous, but like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, you know, people. This is what people are capable of. Yeah, and I, I think I, I think that is almost a. Uh, like, well, let's get this through the sensors. Like, not right, specifying right. where it is. Well, speaking of sensors, anything? I was surprised at the amount of abortion talk. Oh, there's such, oh, such yeah. much abortion. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, that, uh, and that is pretty insane. It seems like that is... Uh, 43. Really <laughs> what the... In, sorry, the person writing these poison pen letters is signing them as Le Corbeau or the Raven. Uh, it's and, Le, Le Corbeau. Le Corbeau. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not French. Hey, let me ask you this real quick. Or I'm sorry, just before I forget, you keep saying poison pen, and I know that's how they're referred to in the film, but is this like, is that like a saying that I'm not familiar with? Like, I've never heard this saying before. I, I don't know. I haven't either, and it's all over. Every synopsis I looked at of this yeah, movie, every weird, review, right? they, keep, they refer to poison pen as though that's just like a that's fucking just a thing. thing. Say, yeah. That's a, what, you don't have a stash of poison pen letters that you wrote in high school? Like... I know I've I've never yeah, heard I mean, this uh, okay, saying. Okay, I just, I thought I was out of the loop on that one. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and I I get the I get the term. They're all sure. Uh, it's very poisonous. All libelous these, or these slanderous. Libelous, correct? Okay, libelous. Written libelous. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so one of my favorite things about this movie is in the beginning, before we have any of these notes. Everyone in this town, every adult in this town, is a fucking miserable person. <laughs> Like all we're yeah. we're in the hospital with the miserable doctors, patients, and nurses. The especially the that, worker, that one that one nun that who nun. just hates everybody. Like, what the fuck do we have all these fucking patients for in this fucking <laughs> hospital? Why can't they be healthy? Right, and and she's the obvious like she she makes it clear that she doesn't like that her her sister Laura is talking to this. Uh, She's married, but she's talking to this uh, doctor. Mm. Who's Back at the time when you could talk to a person, right. yeah. <laughs> and so she calls she calls her sister Laura a viper. So it, yeah. she's like our obvious first suspect for this uh, this uh, raven. And but everyone, the one the one armed schoolmaster, uh, his sister Denise, who just seems to stay in bed. Yeah, everyone everyone is miserable. Well, she had the. When she went into her closet and got the Raven thing, I was like, "Oh, this is kind of revealing it pretty early." No, like, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll tell you one one thing. I, the doctor, the main the main doctor that Jermaine. Followed, yeah, Jermaine. I I could have watched a movie just about him, like being like he's he such a great. he's good, and he's like his character was so like no nonsense. Like I don't give a oh, yeah. fuck about anything. Yeah, like, yeah. Let me do my job and get out of here. I gotta watch a whole movie about just about that guy being a doctor. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love that they he has a a, a backstory that uh, reveals like a you know haunted past kind of backstory. Yeah. And yeah. they they don't uh, dip into it too early, and they don't belabor it once they reveal it. Yeah. Like it it, it definitely plays into uh, sort of his his outburst at the toward the end of the film mm-hmm. toward everyone who is just like uh, giving him shit, but. Uh, I, I like they just they don't they don't focus on it too much. Uh, it's more important that someone's accusing him of of all these abortions and uh, of having an affair. That I don't I don't think he and Laura, who's married to the elderly psychiatrist, actually had an affair. I think they just were maybe talking and possibly in love. I was actually yeah uncertain well, if, they, funny, if they like, were doing it. 
it's funny like back in like that time like um they i you know just being seen with someone like you yeah, know, like all, I mean, like, like, all of a sudden like, the about rumor the mill just goes you know yeah. a million miles right. a minute and like there's you know there's no evidence or basis for anything of their accusations and but like that was just you said hello it, to him this morning was. you slut right? yeah yeah <laughs> and, and like it's, it's like it's that it's that level of like you know just petty provincial gossip you you know that she's married from the very beginning of the film and you don't know this until he shows up that his her husband uh who is a psychiatrist is a very elderly man mm-hmm. vortez who uh who i just i you need to mention because he's obviously important to this plot uh but i really love throughout the film he seems like this person who's just so helpful like let's let you know like, let's investigate this let's let's figure out what makes sense let's try and diagnose what kind of person and in what mental state would be writing these letters like is it just the uh, i forget what they call this person the whatever basically like the district attorney hoping to like prosecute somebody i think it was and just he, a prosecutor okay is it this old man or yeah and, it, and just the way they go through that at the beginning kind of like yeah. roll calling these people in the town and what why it would make sense or not make sense for them to do it was uh was a really great way to kind of just break down uh, just kind of how we're, we're going to be doing these thought processes in the movie. Yeah. And like at the very end of that scene, like, well, for all I know, it could be you. Well, of course it could cut to black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there were. Um, and so I guess we can jump. It's, it's sort of a, a two person deal. The people that are writing this, we find out eventually that uh, Laura is responsible for writing the letters it is that was a thing that I was really confused about, honestly. Like the blotter. Well, the well, there's the blotter, but then like there's that other like death threat that Denise somehow knew about, and so, like that was that was one of my like big like one of very few problems I had with the movie that like the ending seemed to be like really just like well that's the end and that's it yeah and, like like the whole like. Like, is is it Denise? Is it Laura? Is it her? Is it uh, the old man? So, so the Denise thing is because like they can't a... like go back and forth and like oh well you know she's crazy and like can you sign a note to have her committed and like oh yeah sure no problem and then like they're taking her taking her away at the end and then you know, but like did she like is she solely responsible for it or is it well she's not solely responsible but so let's jump back to Denise. Uh, Denise becomes the lover of Jermaine. Mm-hmm. They uh, they get together. She seems to be more in love with Jermaine than Jermaine is with her for for, sure. for much of the movie. Jermaine and just wants to bang. You know? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. He does. Fuck. Like he's just like he's the like textbook Byronic hero. So we like, we like find a out a lot of existential yeah. angst. You know, just looking to get a good bang every now and then, sure. but like nothing serious because like fuck, man, like my past. <laughs> so D- Denise is interesting because we see her like she is shown in bed in the first like half of the movie mm. like, in her slip, uh, partially naked at one point when she's being cupped oh, yeah, to, to let out the sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she's very like, I know this is not film noir, but she kind of has like a femme fatale vibe. Definitely. Like she's maybe not like a, 
uh, you know, a person in high social standing, like possibly other women don't like her. Um, she's very free with her sexuality, maybe, mm-hmm. but especially in a small town like this, we learn over the course of it that she's like one of the most upstanding people in this town. She's she's not sending the letters, although she does write a letter to. Uh, she writes a letter to Jermaine to reveal that she is pregnant. And I think she does that because she is a, I mean, she says she's afraid of telling him what is wrong because he will be too hard on her. Mm. And so I think she thinks the most efficient way to get him the information that he is going to be a father is through this poison pen thing. Although then he catches her in the act of writing it and it's a whole, it's a whole deal. Mm. Uh, and uh, it looks like she's the person until they go over to the Vortez household and we find the blotter. Laura has been writing these letters and Dr. Vortez um, says, um, let's, um, uh, uh. she's crazy. I discovered it last night. We have to commit her to a, a mental institution. I can't do it. Jermaine, will you sign these papers? And, uh, he does the solution to everything. Just commit her. She's insane. Yeah, she's and, hysterical. <laughs> so, I, and I guess uh, I kind of agree with you that this part is problematic, and it happens way too quickly. They don't yeah. really explain how Jermaine and like Denise like really figure out how it's uh, it's Vortez who's dictating the letters to Laura. Right. I think they're just like, well, it doesn't make sense. Laura's afraid of her husband, and like that's like that's enough to just be like, oh my god, it's actually Vortez. Yeah, but and, like, but this this guy up until then like has been so like jokey and jovial and like, and even even when he's like trying to be serious, I don't know if it's like the acting or like the way Clouseau like you know had had him work the scene, but like you know it's very much like I don't know like so like. Well, oh, well, well. This is what this is what's happening, and 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 this, you know, like all of a sudden, this dude loses all confidence, and like he's just a doddering old man, and and like you know, there's no like, you know, third reveal where like he's like this master genius, or like, you know, there's no <laughs> other there's no other the... point in the movie where he's like ri- like stops and like you know sometimes the joking yeah. has to stop and you know that kind of thing there are um i can think of two scenes where we get a clue that vortez is uh is the mastermind he is the only person who confronts jermaine about his past before jermaine has revealed his past mm. he seems to know like he's like looked into to the right. shit about jermaine yeah uh and of course a lot of stuff about jermaine's past is revealed in these letters um and then after he tests some of the prominent townspeople's handwriting, like has them sit and write like these letters out for hours and hours, uh, you see him standing next to a window, like just like writing with his finger in the window. And when someone opens the door, it's Jermaine to come in, he quickly like smudges it and drops the blinds to cover it as though he doesn't, as though maybe he's nervous Jermaine will notice the handwriting from just his finger. Mm. But like, really you're right that it's never revealed that he's some genius or something. It's possible. They don't, I mean, they don't tell you why he does this. It's, is it all a joke just for his amusement? Is he mad that his wife is falling for Jermaine? Is he a super moralistic guy that found out 
something about Jermaine and and has heard rumors of abortion somewhere else. Right. So you don't you don't really know. Yeah, because literally everything leading up to that would like, you know, like negates you know every like those last couple of minutes like ne- would in that case like negate his entire like act. Yeah, and like, I mean, unless he was you know like Kaiser Soze or something. But it, I mean, it's. <laughs> it's Let's not compare this to the masterpiece that is The Usual Suspects. I really got to go pee. I'll be right back. All right. And, and I, I, I will say there, a mastermind is, or a brilliant person is revealed at the end of the movie, but it is not any of the main characters. Right. It is the mother of a patient who committed suicide because of one of these letters who right. apparently figured out who was writing them long ago but was just waiting for like the last bit of proof to make sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, the very last scene of the movie, it, or the last shot, two shots right. of the movie is us seeing uh, Vortez with his throat cut on top of his last letter, basically like declaring that, you know, the, the Laura, the writer has been in prison and, you know, we've done it. This is my final letter kind of, kind of it's like his send off letter basically right uh and then you see the that mother who had uh her son's razor walking away right which is interesting i really one of my notes was like how how did this how did this old woman figure this out yeah we have no idea and we've only we've only spoken to her once yeah um yeah because you see her like a total of three times in the movie where she brings him the razor then when she's coming in to clean and then when she's walking away after having done the deed. There, and was there ever... like So, uh, the sister, like, she's revealed... To, like, it's, you know... Roland? Or, yeah. or Denise? Uh, no, um... The young girl? The 14-year-old? No, the, um... The, uh... The nun. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So, they find out that it's not her. Do we ever see her again? Because I don't remember. Yes, we see her in uh, a church when when. Uh, oh, when the letter falls from the gallery. No, we. Laura and Jermaine are like sent. They each receive a note saying we should meet, like to meet in a church separately. And uh, Laura is not Laura. Sorry, the nun sister is outside and sees. Jermaine go in and then comes in and confronts them. And that's after, I'm pretty sure that is after she's been imprisoned. Is it? I thought it was, maybe it's, I oh. thought it was before she was in prison. Maybe it was. All right. I can't remember. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't remember seeing her like, like I don't remember any kind of like actual resolution right. to her story. That was, what are you talking about? That was definitely before. The, uh, the nun who was like, you know, fuck these people yeah, yeah, for yeah. being sick. Like she gets arrested uh-huh. and then they, you know, find out that she's not the Raven, but I don't think we ever see her again. After it's revealed that she's not the Raven, I don't think so either. Not no. that I recall. They probably just left her to rot in jail because she was yeah. her. still just awful, she's a miserable cunt. Uh, but man, I love uh, that hospital. That <laughs> yeah. is, um, I don't, I don't know many hospitals that are letting a woman with like a three-inch straight razor uh, through the door. That's t- typically not like a kosher hospital thing. I, I mean, thought, I thought. Uh, at the beginning, right when she, when she yeah. gives it, yeah, I thought I thought the um, 
I really, I sincerely thought that guy was just going to off himself right there when she gave it to him. God. I was like, "What is what is she giving him this razor this razor for?" I was like, "He's just going to slit his wrist." And he even like he brings his hand up like this. I was like, "Oh my god, he's about to slash his wrist!" And then he he like he shaves his fingernails with it. Like right. who does that? What a crazy son of a bitch! Yeah, I mean, well, so I I've gone through the plot, obviously, right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if my enthusiasm doesn't give it away, I I really enjoy how this plays out. I think it is a pretty simply told like mystery. Mm. It doesn't feel a need to get too clever, and maybe that kind of bites it in the ass at the end where it it has trouble wrapping it up cleanly. Yeah, but um, I I really enjoy it. What do you what do you guys think? I really enjoyed it too. Like the the ending and the fact that it's I think it's a little long. Like it drags a bit in like an hour parts. and 27 90. minutes or something <laughs> it's like an hour God. and 40 isn't it 90 90 yeah it Man, felt a, it felt right a bit here. longer i think it's officially 92 okay i thought it was um, like 87 and i uh, i could be wrong hang on oh yeah you just keep saying numbers minutes. 91 no um 90 well and obviously 92 it, if it felt uh <laughs> If it felt like it dragged to you, then yeah, yeah, you're wrong. But okay, I get it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I keep going. But yeah, like uh, yeah, the guy, the actor who plays uh, Jermaine, like he is fantastic. Like, like there's no like, I'm the lead actor in this movie, so I'm gonna make sure that everyone knows I'm the lead actor. Like he is so natural and just good. He is. Uh, this is. Pierre Fresnay. Yeah, Frenet. Fresnay, Frenet. He is the star of another uh, Clouseau film, uh, The Murderer Lives at Number 21. Ooh. Uh, Might have to check he that is, out. He's like the inspector in investigating the murder. Nice. I do. It, it's. I don't think it's nearly as good a movie, okay. but it is It is a good Pierre Frenet role. Good. So good. I definitely recommend it for that. He seems like he would be a great, like, Holmes or like a great like Agatha Christie type detective. He was in The Man Who Knew Too Much. The yeah. Hitchcock film. Yeah, I don't remember which one in that though. Uh, he the played thirty four. Louis. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he played Louis Bernard. Mm. Apparently on uh, on Wikipedia, Le Corbeau. It says the literal the literal title is The Crow, not The Raven. How's that work? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't Let's know. go to Google Translate. Oh, that's I mean, the, that's the authority we need. So, Jai, I notice you have you've not given your thoughts, um, real thoughts. Maybe it's on, just the same thing. bird. <laughs> more interested in his half-ass Google research. I am. I am. <laughs> um, it's it. It means the crow, literally. Okay. In in French. I've, like <laughs> that's, well, that's so bizarre. Not, that's not sexy enough. Maybe maybe ravens and crows are like the same bird. We just don't realize it. I mean, aren't they the same bird? I don't. Or know. like maybe in French, there's no like real distinction between the two. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. It's gonna if be there, if to there is the a Wikipedia distinction between the two, I don't yeah. know. Because I've seen a book cover of the Edgar Allan Poe story, okay. and it's Le Corbeau. So, so crows are uh, from the genus Corvus, and apparently ravens are also from the species. They're Corvus species, so they're related closely. Are you um, all out of evasive maneuvers? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, 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 it's not exciting to me to, uh, or it's not going to be exciting to reveal what I feel about this movie. It was okay. I wasn't, uh, 
super enamored with it. I don't really feel like it dragged anywhere for me, but um, I like the length of it. Uh, I love the guy who played Jermaine. Like I said, I wish the movie were just about him being yeah. a doctor, an asshole doctor guy. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'll say that the the thing that the most positive thing I can say about it, because I don't have a, a ton of passion about it, to be honest. The, the the most positive thing I can say about it is that it's directed extremely well, or like the camera work is extremely good in it, and like really interesting to me. Even though it's pretty controlled and not very showy, but there's a lot of really just good like dolly pans and shit like that that I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily have expected as much of that in a 1940s movie. Mm-hmm. There's you know. the scene when uh, what's her face is like running through the streets and like mm-hmm. you just you hear the mob after her. Yeah, that was all that good. shit rules. Like I'm yeah. Re- yeah, I'm really into all that kind of stuff, and that's the thing that makes me want to you know like I'll definitely check out Wages of Fear uh, and uh, some you know maybe some more Clouseau, uh based on that. But I mean, I didn't have any problems with the story or anything. I I felt like it was a pretty. It's a weird. It's a really. I mean, it's a story that like you would never. This movie would like never happen now, right? I mean, like like it's such a. It's such a, kind of like a bland story when you think about it. It's not. It's not. It's it's interesting when you're watching it and it's engaging enough. But like when like if you really break it down, it's like it's about it's a mystery about this person who's writing letters to get everybody mad at each other. Yeah. It's just like such a. It's almost like if they remade this movie, it would be set in a high school and it would be a comedy. You know. I don't know. I feel <laughs> about like, gossip. I, <laughs> right? Well, I feel like, I don't know. It would probably be, like, now it would probably be, like, so much more extreme. Right, yeah. Like, it would be, like, such and such rapes children. Well, and, or, and you know, like. <laughs> that might be a little, like, a little too extreme. So I, I guess. Uh, Have you seen Black Mirror? No. It's, <laughs> th- this, I mean, this just came to me. I, I've seen the, the uh, you know, I don't, I'm not going to call it good. But the movie Unfriended, yeah, which oh, right. takes place on like a, a laptop screen, sure, um, it is very much. It's a, it's a macumentary, right? <laughs> that's that's not me. That's coming from another podcast I listen Christ. to. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I think there are interesting elements of that movie, but it, it kind of does like a, a poison pen thing with the this mystery person who turns out to be like a isn't it like a ghost, a ghost, yeah. It's the it ghost of the person who offed herself or yeah, whatever. Is yeah. spreading these rumors that end up being truths about like uh. to to this group of friends to break them apart and get them mad at each other. Uh and it is way more dramatic and all the shit is is super like mm. fucked up. Uh some you know, like there's like stealing money is something that's revealed. That the abortions aren't real, but there's a lot of talk about abortion. Yeah. Um there's you know all of this infidelity stuff that just it's much it is it is something made text like clear text that i i just wouldn't think would could even appear in a movie this old but i i see where you're coming from with yeah. with that but uh you know i didn't i didn't mind watching it um, I appreciate the uh, being forced to watch these things which i would like this is a movie i would never look at yeah just because I've never heard of it. I know Clouseau, but this isn't one of the movies that I've like would have heard of that he's done, you know. Mm. So but uh yeah. That's that's all. all right. Well, <laughs> you got your heart out soon, so let's do uh yeah. let's do ratings. Four. I'm gonna go uh I didn't have a rating prepared yet. Still 'cause I uh, mainly sorry. Mainly because like I don't want to. 
this happens with all you know your class your classic films you know films from this time period where like I don't want to judge it based on things that are uh, that came after well that and just the the techniques that were available at the time you know whereas like like so for instance when I watch Streetcar Named Desire like I hate Streetcar Named Desire because I cannot stand Vivian Lee in it she is horrendous in it but then Marlon Brando is so fucking good. And it's like, I don't know what to think of the movie because, and I like the idea of it's like, you know, like Elliot Kazan somehow was working the two acting styles against each other or some shit like that. That's cool. But I don't know if that's true. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so it's like, you know, but I can't I also don't want to say it's like a piece of shit or anything. Cause I like Elliot Kazan. I know he can direct the shit out of a movie and on the waterfront rules. So I, it's like, it's just, uh, it's difficult to come. I mean, if I'm just judging it based completely subjectively, like how much I enjoyed, I'd probably give it like a three. But All right. I don't know. I haven't longed it yet. So. And I'm a four and a half with the basically just a demerit for the ending. Mm. Nice. Okay. Right. JR's top ten coming up right. right now. All right. Lay it out. Let's button. do uh Oh, let me just say you... real quick before you do yours. Mine is the same as last week, except the favorite jumped to the number two spot. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> What was number two? Hereditary, which is now number three, and so okay. on and so forth. And I still have to see a bunch of movies that I have not seen yet, so I'm not posting anything until yeah. I see everything. By the way, you can get Canopy free with your library card. Yeah, I know. I have it. Okay. I have it on my Apple TV. Okay. but That's how know. I watch Madeline's Madeline. Oh, is it on there? Well, that's, yes. That's interesting. I know 824... Pretty much puts yeah, everything all their, on there. Right? Yeah, but all their there. stuff's also on Prime. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Is First Reformed on Prime? Pretty sure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pretty sure it is. Yeah. So, all right. but I will definitely, I, I was actually in the middle of downloading it, so I'll check okay. it out on there instead. That might yeah, be easier. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm actually going to start with my um, bottom 10. Okay. Because it makes me unhappy. <laughs> all right. Uh, from visionary director Ava DuVernay, A Wrinkle of Time. It's the 10th worst movie of the year. <laughs> Uh, then Fahrenheit, 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 this guy's got to get his shit together. Yeah. <laughs> Seventh worst movie of 2018 is Tag. Ugh. <laughs> Sixth worst is the reductive Preacher of the Choir uh, documentary, RBG. Uh, let's see. Now, are you planning on seeing the, uh, on no. the basis of sex, the no, I'm not. narrative? <laughs> I, if Talk I about that looks Brutal. I will see that because I. That's why I posted that thing of Porky Pig laughing. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is going to rent that at some point, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll probably end up watching it. Mm. But no, I, I don't want to see that. Uh, <laughs> fifth worst of the year, Red Sparrow. Four. That was on my list. Yeah, four is uh, Double Lover, which uh, it's not even worth talking about what that's about. <laughs> uh, the third is a disastrous Wim, Wim, Wim Vendor's uh, adaptation of a pretty good novel, Submergence, with uh, Alicia Vikander and James oh, McAvoy. Yeah, I saw mm. the trailer for that. It's bad. Uh, second worst is 22 July. 
Ouch. Just a, Ouch. Such a goddamn waste of my time. I'm so, I'm so going to watch that and get and it five out of five. <laughs> the worst movie of the year uh, was from the mule himself, the 1517 to Paris. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so top 10 uh, movie I just watched today. So that's like some of these movies I literally watched in the past 24 hours. <laughs> kind of makes it that's okay. bullshit, but no, whatever. No, no, no. Um, that's okay. So number 10 is Private Life. The Catherine Hahn, Paul Giamatti movie I mentioned earlier. Nine was Shirkers, the documentary oh. on Netflix. Eight is The Favorite. Eight? Eight. Eight. Fuck off. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, seven is Nine Fingers, which is the uh, the weird kind of noirish movie I talked right, about right. last time I was on here. Uh, six is Widows, which Kevin hated. Five. I still need to see it. Five is the best movie of all time. Mission Impossible Fallout. Amazing. Is it's the best movie of all time. It's only the fifth best movie this year, but it is the best <laughs> of all time. Uh, so four good. was the Battle of Buster Scruggs. Three, I, I shot uh, Support the Girls all the way up here. Jesus Damn. Christ. It was really good, y'all. You're out of your mind. Where did you see this at? Netflix DVD rental? Uh, no. Netflix Blu-ray illegal <laughs> Illegal download. Oh. Rental. Um, Number I, I three, think I think it's actually on Amazon now for money. Oh, oh fuck that shit! Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two movie I saw months ago, Leave No Trace, the Ben Foster yeah. kind of oh, right. wilderness guys in the wilderness movie. See. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, and uh, number one is the Korean kind of bug fuck drama, Burning. A bug fuck drama. I mean, it's just it's weird. It's, it's about they fuck weird. Burn yeah. That's exactly it. I'm going off what you're telling me, bud. I don't know. The drama where they fuck bugs. It's great. <laughs> no, best movie of the year. Yeah, was What's it called again? Burning. I talked about it last time. Did you? I, I was on I here. I listen to you, You man. don't listen to a damn word I say. I'm going to... Uh, yeah, I've got I've got three movies that I want to watch mainly. Uh, Widows is on there too, but it's going to be a while. I don't know when that comes out. So, But I want to see Damsel. Because I'm I'm super on the Western kick still, especially after Sisters Brothers. Right. You should watch uh, the writer. The writer. Yeah. What's that? Oh, it's a Western movie. That's been is on. it a Western though? I'm not into this neo Western horseshit where it takes place in the '60s or whatever. Well, it takes place now. Oh, with... not interested. Okay. Not interested. <laughs> Does he have a gun and shoot people with a six gun? He's a cowboy in a Western town. No. Okay, not interested. I want to see westerns. A western is a movie is a period piece automatically. Right. Westerns are not right. not right. period pieces. Right. Sorry. No Country for Old Men is not a western. Okay. I didn't say it was a it's western. A fucking crime thriller. Get your shit together. He's not a cowboy who rides horses. Well, uh, what's his face is Tommy Lee Jones. Him and uh, the other guy who wears the cowboy hat, Woody Harrelson. Uh, whatever. He's great in that. Yeah. I was listening to the Mark Marin podcast and he interviewed Tim Blake Nelson. Oh yeah, yeah. And he said that he was he hinted that he was going to play that part originally and that he dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Oh. Interesting. I don't think it would have been as good, honestly. I don't see him as being a like a threatening character and Yeah. Har- Harrelson's pretty I mean he's not like you just get the feeling that he's done some heinous shit in the past. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like Tim Blake Nelson could take on Anton Sugar at all. You know, I think you're no. right. Yeah, yeah. Dam- and Damsel is interesting, by the way. I really want to see it. I downloaded it. I'm really psyched to watch it. And what were the other ones? Oh, sorry, Madeline's Madeline, and uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. I want to see all that. 
I see that too. Oh, and also like I mean shit like Vox Lux, which I probably won't see till like June. Mm-hmm. You know, because I when is that shit coming? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I want to see that. I want to see uh, fucking. I, I don't really want to see it that badly, but I feel like Mary Queen of Scots is going to be up for a bunch of shit, so I need to see that. Yeah. You ex- you still I, excited I about Destroyer? I want to see Destroyer. I'm not excited about it. Karen okay. Kusama is not a good director. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> She's getting a lot of uh, fanfare for this one, but okay. I think it's got to be all Nicole Kidman. I mean, what did she direct before? Like Aeon Flux or something? Or uh, Ultraviolet? One of those. She did. She did she Girl Fight. Do, yeah, not Ultraviolet. I think... I think I don't know if it was Aeon Flux, but it was. I guarantee it. Watch. Let me see. <laughs> Aeon Flux is bad. It's I've never seen movie. it, but yeah, she did Aeon Flux. Yeah. Girl Fight and The Invitation, which I've actually heard good things about The Invitation, but I like The seen, Invitation. Yeah. Is Girl Fight any good? I haven't seen that. Okay. I want to see the Spider Man movie. Oh, I've heard that's extreme. Everybody I I follow on, on on Letterbox is giving it five out of five. It's well, insane. that sounds stupid, but it looks fun. I tell you, I don't I don't know how I feel about the animation, like the jittery, you know. I thought it was a bunch frames. of that was like a bunch of different styles of animation. Oh, I don't know. I don't not know. from the trailer, it's not. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like it's like we'll go see it and find out. It's like trying to be stop motion, but it's also three D. It's like weird. I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about it. And I really, you know, comic book movies. I don't right. know. How do you feel about comic book movies with three directors? Oh, is that one? Well, it's an animated <laughs> film, so I mean, what are you going to do? Anyway, um, so next episode, uh, Jonathan's going to be absent for the next two because he's going to Florida to visit his family. So uh, it's going to be possible. It's going to be Jr. next time, assuming we can. Or two weeks from now, rather, assuming we can work out the whole Skype thing. But next episode, which should be a week from now, will be Kevin's pick, right? And we'll <clears throat> hopefully have a guest on to discuss that pick. Which is Frank. Oh my god, we're gonna watch Frank. Okay. <laughs> I haven't haven't seen it. Is that the Domhnall Gleason thing? Yeah. What's uh, Frank? Fastbender one? Yeah, Fastbender. Oh, Fastbender. Fastbender, Maggie Gyllenhaal, directed by Lenny Abramson. Donald Gleason is in it too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well he's the he's the lead, but you know. I thought I thought Fastbender was the lead. Fastbender's he, the one in the mask. Yeah, right? I thought that was the lead. Is that not the lead? Well he's in a mask Tec- the whole time. Well, like it's about Domhnall Gleeson getting in with Michael Fassbender and his group. And so, like, okay. technically, Domhnall is, you know. Yeah. Well, that'll be exciting. We'll watch uh, Donald Gleeson in Frank, directed by Lenny Abramson, who is just a shitty director. But, you know, we'll give him a shot. Uh, he did Room, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's yeah. trying. The, the Room. Oh, and he did, uh, no, Room. Is it just Room? Yeah, The oh, Room yeah. is the The Room's the, notoriously, the, room's the good one. Yeah. <laughs> And then he did just did that ghost movie with Donald Gleason recently. Yeah, man, oh. I forget what it was called, but right, it's right. like 1920s. you don't have to work with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, well that'll be fun. Mm. Uh, until then, please visit our website at filmyak.podient.co. Co. Uh, visit our blog there. We've got lots of great trailers and other content. And uh, keep listening to our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Jr. Or not? Not recently. Not recently. So I'm going to have to continue to berate Podient about why we're not on Stitcher anymore. But if you mm. got access to iTunes, we're definitely there. Our, 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 on our website, uh, all our episodes are available. All 56 of them. Once you hear this, there will be 56 of them. And, uh, yeah, keep listening. Contact us on Facebook if you need to contact us for any reason. Ask us questions and stuff. Other than that... 
JR, final in person. From now on, you will be in absentia. A disembodied voice. Yeah. Yes, sir. Coming from the internets. And uh, we're going to miss you, bud. I'll miss y'all. Even though I'll talk to you yeah. every week. Well, you yeah. Know. <laughs> miss seeing seeing your legs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely not my face. Yeah. We don't, well, we'll see your face on the computer oh, yeah, screen. That's right. yeah. yeah, with that fake ID that you have on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it, lo- it, re- it literally looks nothing like you. It's not me. Okay. It's a, it's a, they sent me, sorry, I got a, uh, a ski pass with uh, oh, someone, oh, yeah, some yeah. other person's face on my pass. Interesting. Uh, we called uh, the people who provide this, and they said, uh, whenever someone signs up, we just scan our, like, database for someone who's bought a pass before that has... Like for the, we scan our database for this name with this birthday. So there is another uh, John Ryan, same exact birthday. And Let me just ask you this. It, I uploaded a photo to that website, but they just threw his on, on my pass and sent yeah. it to me. Let me ask you this. Will you be smoking weed? I, no, I don't, I don't smoke weed. I know, but it's going to be illegal. Yeah. You know, I've not be been doing it because of illegal, illegality. But I don't know. No, that was no. probably why those guys decided that they were in theater twenty instead of nineteen. <laughs> That's true. So I don't know. You know you don't putting, those guys. putting this out for the world to hear, but uh, no, I'm like a, just like a super lame fucking dude. I'm uh, I'm allergic to like a fuck ton of plants. No shit. And uh, you're afraid if you smoke, you might die. Well, I'm not afraid of it. <laughs> I've, I am dead. I smoked oh, and I uh, died. Yeah. No, I uh, every time I've smoked, it's it's become a, a serious like hive situation oh. like itchy itchy hives all over my my uh my body you so probably should stay away from it then it's not it's yeah, just like yeah. not very fun yeah. to no. be high but itching yeah yeah it's like everyone's you everyone's more relaxing until you don't realize that you're itching anymore yeah. <laughs> i guess i could do that it's uh and then by that time your throat's closed up it's kind of like the <laughs> philosophy of like it's like oh you're like 15 you're trying your first cigarette and it really sucks but man if I just have like eight of these I'm gonna yeah. start loving yeah. it yeah yeah, yeah. I said, but I don't want those my first dad eight. told me that about beer too he's like beer tastes like shit until you have like 15 of them and then you're and you love it <laughs> yeah beer just like the light beer that they try to get you to drink in high school just goes down a lot easier than a cigarette to me mm. cigarettes feel like you're getting stabbed in the throat that's yeah. the way I felt it's like my throat burns it. so bad I yeah. was the worst yeah. I love beer though I've uh, still never had beer so you sound like a bunch of high schoolers right now yeah I'm gonna try beer one day you guys should come over to my house later we'll masturbate I got a porno tape Tape. Yeah. My dad's. VHS tape. Like, found my dad's. I've had, the, I've had this porno mag. I've had this porn. It's been downloading since midnight last night. It I used to do be, that. It should be almost done now. Oh, yeah. I used to leave it downloading and set an alarm for like 3 a.m. And I wake up at 3 a.m. in the dial-up modem and like have downloaded the whole thing on Kaza. Right. You know, wake up, do your business, go back to bed, sleep like a baby. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Right, well, glad, I got, glad I got weird right at the end there. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time.
because I'm a little bitch for Criterion. So I'm I'm a bitch, I'm for, a bitch Criterion. for Criterion. I'm a bitch for Criterion too. 